Santa Claus has been kidnapped by spacemen from a flying saucer, which landed at the North Pole. Will Santa be rescued? Turn the record over and find out. It's the invasion of the podcast. The rocket sent to rescue Santa Claus has failed. If you should look up at the sky this Christmas Eve and see a flying saucer pulling eight reindeer, chances are it's Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, Earth And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. It is our year-end special, um, whatever that means. My name is Paul, and joined by Steve, who's, you know, he, every day is a present with Steve around. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Paul. And to you, the same. Well, thank you. And then we're also joined uh, by a couple of guests. We have, uh, we have Nathaniel. Was that somber enough for you? Yeah, you just, I, I just want to be like, I, I just I felt being like. serious. Yeah, being you're like, oh, I appreciate that. Why so serious? I don't like serious at all. Um, no, anyway. It makes me uncomfortable because uh, I, I just live a life of, uh, of like distance and sarcasm. But anyway, so yeah, we're joined by Nathaniel from At the Devil's Ball. Uh, thank you. You, you, sir, are, you know, you're like the Christmas star, shining bright. I'd say you show up on the show once a year, but that's not true. But thank you for coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm very glad to be here and happy to be invited. I'm glad I had the day off. So, yeah. Yeah. And also we have uh, Terry from Strange Highways who is, uh, you know, he's also, um, he, he's also the gift that keeps on giving because I talked to him once a week as well. So I, I was trying to think of nice gift-related things and I, I failed in all counts, but Thank you, Terry, for coming on. Of course, man. It's always a pleasure to be on this podcast because this is where it all started for me. That's so. true. Yeah. Uh, and also considering that uh, the, the other show that we do, Strange Highways, we just uh, record an episode about the darkest version of A Christmas Carol ever. So it'd be nice to actually have some fun tonight talking versus that two hours of whatever that was. That was some rough road. Uh, so, yes. Thank you for coming on here. I just We deserve some presents as opposed to lumps of coal. So, Yes. Welcome everybody to the show. This is going to be our, our year wrap up kind of talking about 2023, like no news, um, no games, but I'm sure with the four of us talking, we're plenty to dig into. Uh, so I guess, I guess I'll just get into it. So the first thing I want to mention is, uh, with, with this, uh, this being, you know, the, the end of the year going into 2024, uh, obviously there is a shift with uh, companies moving away from physical media. Um, so it, Netflix stopped mailing out DVDs as of this year as part of their mailing service. Best Buy, actually, at the end of this holiday season, will no longer be offering uh, Blu-rays and DVDs. Um, and so and then I know there's still some other um, retailers out there, but it's starting to get less and less. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a brief story. I was out last night um, starting my holiday shopping, which pro tip for everybody, start your holiday shopping on December 20th. It's always the best time to go to, go out and to try shop. Um, I went to a local mall here in Northeast Ohio. I'll say this for Terry and Steve. They'll know what, what I'm talking about. I went to Great Northern Mall. Um, oh, you son of a bitch. Don't. Don't I, but I, I, I literally was this, the, this point is I was there. So you couldn't, you, you could have warned me. Uh, um, don't get, uh, why? Do, should've, okay. You should have asked me. Why? Did you get kicked out of there or like something? Are you like years. banned from the food court? Like what happened? What? Well, I bet too, but I worked there for four <laughs> years. <laughs> 
As long as you didn't go to Spencer's gifts, we're good. Oh, I did not. I, I was like, I have enough bongs and penis shaped things to go around for for all the years. <laughs> um, so I just ever. What? Okay, is there a rule that Spencer's gifts have to have? like a specific humidity that you go in where it kind of feels cold, but you feel sweaty as you walk around in there. Is that like determined by corporate? Do you, I, do you know I, what I'm talking about? Maybe. Like, I, 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 well, I mean, they have misters in there. Like you're a piece of fruit. So I, I don't okay. know. Maybe. I, Cause I feel like that in like hot topic, every time you go in, you're like, why am I weirdly sweaty? Like not, not, you know, not because I'm like completely out of my element and outside my age range. It's like going to the rainforest at Cleveland, the Cleveland Zoo. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but so I went to the mall. Yeah, howler monkeys all over the place. Right. Um, and it, you know, Great Northern, it used to be a pretty significant, like it was a significant destination. I remember in years past during the holiday season, it'd be packed. There was all sorts of stores and then the anchor started failing. I went in there. It was like, it was crazy how little is in there now. And I went mm-hmm. in and I went into FYE, um, which that used to be a place that you could go for like, you know, media. They had one bin with uh, DVDs and Blu-rays that they're just getting rid of. Everything else is now shifted to like collectibles. And and then I went to Best Buy um, and that was also depressing. Uh, I ended up buying my last physical media at Best Buy. So everybody light a candle, like Sarah McLaughlin style for that while I was there. <laughs> Um, the arms of the angels. Right. Um, and yeah. so, like, and I, I picked up my copy of Across Spider-Verse, which I've been meaning to get. And then also, Steve, you'll be happy to hear, I picked up, uh, they had the Blu-ray set of Community all six seasons. So, uh, so oh, nice. Yeah. And, and that includes um, <laughs> that includes the Dungeons & Dragons episode that got pulled from streaming for reasons. So um, that, That's yeah. the best way to see Chevy Chase's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, with with all that being said, that's the first question for you guys is like, uh, and then we'll get into the streaming part of it. What what are your thoughts on like the like physical media, like the emphasis is being like, you know, it's not as focused now and we're starting to to lose that ability of, of walking in to buy it. So I don't know who wants to go with that first. Anybody? Uh, uh, you mean, know, I'll, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're the guest. I love go. <laughs> Nathaniel, go. Well, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go because I've been a loud mouth for the moment. Um, so it is, it, it is really sad, honestly, because it's like sometimes you go just for the specific reason to see something new that's released. So then when you go to the store and it's like there is no media there, I've seen the decline of like what's been offered at a Best Buy, and it's. It, it, it's actually really upsetting every single time I go in there now. I'm like, well, it's TVs and refrigerators. And they're like, that's it. Like, I'm, I just don't know why that is the trend because I think there are a lot of people out there still that are like clamoring for a physical media copy. Well, and even of, Best Buy actually you know, like, used to have a decent collection. Like, like um, they'd have some of the newer release, like smaller horror things and independent films often. They, right? they had a, they had a great horror section. They had a great anime section. And those were the, the two sections I went to immediately. And then like, so then you would also get the, like the special edition, like here's all the films on one collection now. And I bought so many different ones where it's like now i have all six films of this series now on one blu-ray set and it's like now i just have to go find that where it might be on the internet Mm -hmm. because i mean we have a lot of boutique companies that you know i think most of us you know in this discussion are you know 
typically buying stuff from, like Severin or Scream Factory or something of that nature. But there are a lot of companies that haven't sold the rights to that kind of material out to those companies. So where do you find that? So it's like, it's this guessing game of, well, what site do I have to go to now? When when you all you had to do was to be like, I'm bored. My girlfriend's going to get her hair cut. I can go to Best Buy. And it's like, I can slam $40 on a counter. Here's a Blu-ray set of Back to the Future. Like, hell yeah, score. Yeah, I mean, so, um, and that, that's a good point. And then I'm, I'll put it to, to you, Steve, uh, just because like, um, I, well, I know like, you know, you you are a big collector of a lot of physical items, and you as well, Terry. I know, but I I know that, and I also know Steve that you've been divided about like uh, digital media versus physical media. But how do you feel about this in terms of like you know how, how it used to be versus this now? I guess it's old men shaking fists at clouds night here on the show. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, from a just a physical perspective of like the amount of space that my collection takes up, you know, it is a concern. Um, I actually just bought uh, this last month four cases for Blu-rays because I'm out of room in my office and I'm trying to move them into our living room. And, uh, you know, I, I ordered two thinking that was enough. Turned out I had enough me- media for four of the, the cases that I bought. Um, space is, like, really hard to come by. It's the same thing with comics, you know. Like, I'll buy digital comics because they're on sale. Like, I'm, and I don't have a comic book store near me. I mean, there's one, if I go 20 miles, you know, in one direction, I can hit one. But, like, it's not like uh, I live next to a comic book store like I used to. And, uh, you know, the amount of space that that I've, I've been able to save by doing that, because there's some things where I'm like, oh, if it's a, you know, and this is my, my feeling on digital and, and physical if I buy something uh, digitally and I like it, chances are I'm going to buy it physically. S- same thing with Blu-rays and DVDs. I mean, okay, I guess DVDs aren't really the thing anymore. But um, I, just as I'm getting older and like realizing how much crap I have, there is something nice about being able to go onto Vudu and buy you know whatever for four ninety nine or you know some dumb movie uh, and not have to worry about it sitting on my shelf the rest of the time because I never open it again. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I gave you a real clean answer there. Just I'm sort of like, I'm divided. Like I, I, I see the benefit of having stuff digitally. Uh, I, I also see the, you know, the downside of not being able to access your, your collection. If something happens with that retailer or something happens with your internet, like I get all those concerns too. And that's why I'll continue to buy Blu-rays, but only of things that I really, really want. Yeah. Uh, and then Nathaniel, like, I don't know where you're at on this because I know, you know, I, I don't know how much you collect like physical copies of films. Oh, I have a, a huge collection of physical media. Yeah. Um, and not as much as I used to have. Uh, I used to have like a whole room. Uh, but right now I've got about three full uh, like five shelf bookshelves um, in my uh, in, in my other room. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love physical media. I um, I try to get um as much as i can on in that uh uh in, in that arena um that said though like i don't i don't use it as much as i would like and um which is actually one of the things that i'm hoping my like, kind of my i don't usually do new year's resolutions but one of my ideas going forward is i'm going to try and do more physical media um 
in particular, I have all these old, uh, uh, like, uh, half-season TV shows, like uh, uh, short-lived television programs that I want to watch um, that I've had forever, and I haven't watched them. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why I haven't watched them is because streaming is so accessible. Yeah. And so I, at that point, you know, it is sort of like, well, yeah, everything is available online digitally um however like when i first moved into this apartment for example back in august i didn't have internet for like six weeks and so it was all physical media it's all i had um so it was sort of like but i I do think that um also uh, we haven't really uh, this hasn't been brought up yet um we got guys like david zaslav yeah, I was going to talk about the streaming side of things here in a second. I was going to yeah. tie into that. That yeah. uh, as the uh, as more and more uh, films are uh, and TV shows and the su- and such are removed from social from uh, streaming services, uh, the more and more like uh, physical media seems to make sense. Like that once you have physical media, it's there forever. At least unless it breaks or whatever, you lose it. But um, it's always going to be preserved in that arena that if you go to everything digitally, um, there is a chance that it will just get lost. Yeah, it will yeah. just go away forever. Um, and so most uh, most filmmakers and that such are firmly in the camp of um, getting rid of physical media is a bad thing. Um, and I agree with them. I, I, I like to have physical media. Um, I, I still lament, uh, one of the things I love, uh, uh Terry mentioned, um, Scream Factory and, and Severin and all that stuff is, I mean, like the special features, the commentary tracks, uh, those things, uh, matter. I think, uh, they, they give you a lot of insight, at least the good ones do, uh, about how the film was made, about, uh, about, you know, why all this matters that's being lost, by uh by going entirely digital um you know that you have uh, digital you you, you're offered so very little control of digital we we like to think we have it because uh they tell us we have it with streaming services they're like you know oh you have the power to watch whatever you want but what it really is it comes back down to it's the video store isn't it like it's like what's whatever is available and then they're like well you wanted to watch that movie uh well it's gone now it's somewhere else. Uh, maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it's not. Uh, like uh, Sam and I, uh, Sam and I just did um, Legend of Hell House on our show. Um, that's not streaming anywhere. Uh, I have a Blu-ray. Uh, Sam found it on, I think, Voodoo. I think he rented it or whatever. But um, but the the point of it is, I was like, well, unfortunately, like anybody who's listening to this, unless they have a physical copy or want to rent it, we're gonna have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's not streaming anywhere. So it's it's if you're if you're going entirely to like, you know, streaming services, you have to accept, I guess, that you're taking what they give you. Um, And so So, I think social I think physical media is still the best way to curate uh, and make sure you have what it is you're going to want to watch. So with with that, yeah, um, with that being said, too, I want to jump to go back to what Terry was saying about like. You could go in and you know and look around and be like, oh, I didn't realize this was here. Like my example, like I, 
I didn't go in like I had, I went in last night, you know, looking for gifts, but I was also like, I'm going to pick up across the spider verse. Cause I'm like, I don't know why I've waited this long to buy it. Cause I love that film. Uh, but then when I saw the community box set, which had never crossed my mind, I'm like, I'm going to buy that too. There's something about that kind of, um, not ritual, but I think there is something, and I'm not saying like, you know, it's better or worse or whatever. There's something to be said for going in. You mentioned the video store, but um, and people bemoan now, like the loss of like video stores. And it's like, yeah, I worked at one. You weren't, you weren't, um, you weren't appreciating it at the time. Cause I could tell you that cause you did not like anything I had to tell you. Um, yeah, I'm, they were yeah. not, they were not anywhere. They're, they're very romanticized now, but yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, I'm, they I'm were sorry. Not, I don't yeah. have the new buddies film for you to rent. I'm sorry. We're rented out of the, like, was it like, uh, you know, war buddies or whatever it was golden retrievers with rocket launchers strapped to their backs or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so but there is something to be said though, for like going into like, you know, a video store or a record store and be like, you know, I'm going to look around and it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or that sounds interesting. I don't know if you have that same type of tactile feel with a streaming service. Like Steve, I know that you go on some of like, uh, what was it? Uh, not crackle, but like some of the other, was it Tubi, where you'd go and find these like, um, really like, um, smaller independent films to watch independent horror films. Um, and good, good on you. I don't, I don't have that type of, um, uh, patience, but like, do you don't, do you know what I'm saying about like that kind of like, I'm going to browse. I look at thumbnails and I skip right by stuff as opposed to actually really considering things most of the time. So, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I wasn't sure if there was an actual question there or sorry. I, just, I, uh, I thought there was, and then no. I just kind of stopped. That's on me. Welcome to show everybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just going to say, or maybe I missed it because I was, I was listening. You said my name and then suddenly I felt like I was on alert. <laughs> so I was like, Oh God, what, what does he need me to say now? Um, it was a convoluted math question. So give me the answer, Steve. No. Um, <laughs> um, as far as, you know, video stores being romanticized now. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll admit it. Like I see a VHS of something uh, like, you know, a, Friday the 13th part four on VHS. I'm like, yeah, I, I could put that in my collection. Why? Like, I'm never going to watch it on VHS. I probably will at some point, but more than likely I probably won't. But I, I, I think with the digital is, you know, it is hard. You know, you were saying earlier about the lack of control that we really have. And that's, that's very true. I just, I, I don't know. I guess also I'm come from a place where I, if I fall in love with something, I'm going to spend the money on it. So I'm going to go and buy the Blu-ray or buy whatever. And, you know, if those options are gone and you never know what you're going to get on streaming, you know, uh, and you mentioned Tubi. I do, I do quite like going on there and finding, you know, stuff that I wouldn't have found otherwise, like, um, you know, the, the films of, uh, Enrique, um, uh, Kuto, like we wouldn't have, you know, found those movies had it not been for that and actually you know i think there's like uh, levels to if this makes sense to because they have like you know modern day movies on there as well like Tubi is just you know a wealth of a bunch of different things and I, I don't know. I had a point here, and I'm stuck in it, and I don't know where I was well, going then, with it. So, so I'm like, just stop talking now. Well, then I'll, I'll pivot to Terry too. Like you, you mentioned like going and wandering around. Like, and also see the supplies to you, as well. But like we, we you know, like the conventions that we go to, uh, that you know, there are those boutique 
uh, you know, companies that have these releases, like, I'll be honest, like that's the, that's one of the, the things I look forward to when we go to the conventions here in the area is hoping that I get to see, you know, the vinegar syndrome table or the Severn table just to see what they have, because I don't keep up on like their web, like, like daily, like what they have available online. Uh, to buy, but I like perusing and looking and seeing what's, what's there. And the people working, they have a pretty good knowledge of what they're offering. And it's something there where it's like, I'll blind buy things sometimes just because like, I, I trust, you know, the people that are putting it out there in front of me. And I don't know that that's, I, I think that's becoming a, um, a less common experience. I, Terry, do you, I, I, do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree totally with you. And, and like, actually the, going to a convention at this point now is kind of replacing the experience that we get from going to a place like Best Buy or our local video shop in a sense, because they are releasing the new HD version of something or a film that they've suddenly got the rights to. And I I, I will say that that builds a layer to all of this as well, because how, how often have we been in a spot where it's like, well, now we can't find the movie that we knew we could get access to for the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, it's off of streaming, or somebody lost the rights, or it, in some cases, like we bought a box set, and now that box set is not available anymore. Yeah. So it's just like, so all that content that Steve was talking about, where it's like, you know, the commentary, and like, we don't get that now. It's like, it's all gone. So, like, it really is kind of upsetting to that point where it's like, damn, all these interviews with all these great actors is like not there anymore. Cause I mean, we, there, I mean, shutter is a thing now, but shutter night might not be a thing in six months and knock on wood, but it might not be there. That's fair. And we can talk about more about that in a second. I do. I do want to point out that was interesting last night when I was uh, wandering around, um, looking at like the TV box sets, I didn't expect to see the Disney, like, sorry, the Marvel stuff. Like I saw, uh, like WandaVision and a couple others as Blu-ray sets. And that's that, pretty sweet. And it, no, it is I, nice. I mean, like, yes, um, that is great. It's just like, um, and if people want to pick that up, that also shows that if people don't have Disney plus and they just want to buy it, I think that that's important. That should be available. Um, you know, it is frustrating that there are things that streaming services have exclusivity on that they don't do that with. Um, but I was surprised to see I, that, I mean, that yeah. there, there are, there are sites like Disney plus and like a, a few others too, that had material and now it's not available on those sites or are those streaming services anymore. And so like, so what the hell you were the guys that produced this material. So why can't we have it anymore? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, I, so we're, we're getting, we're getting like a uh, roadblock immediately after it comes out. That's true. I'm that, curious. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, please. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to ask if, if you guys have any, um, what's the word I want to use here? Not guilt, but, uh, do you guys have a stack of something, whether it be movies, comics, books, you know, video games where you, you buy them and you're like, I'm going to get to this. I'm going to sit down and, and do whatever it is, read all these comics or, you know, watch all these movies. I'm just all curious if you above. guys have that. Yeah, all the above. All, all the above. <laughs> yeah. All the above. Yeah. yeah. I have, I just picked up more comics. Um, they are uh, like the fourth and fifth issues of things that I have not read prior to it. So I'm like, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. I have, uh, I have what, 
seven or eight uh, volumes of Saga, the Brian K. Vaughn series that I read the first couple of trades and I loved it. But I've bought all of them as they've come out. But I'm like, I'll get to it. So I own all of Saga so far. But I'm like, you know what? So at least I'm up to date on owning it. I don't, you know, like, but, but yeah, Steve, you mentioned video games. Like that is my, that is like, I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Like I, if, if I was judged by all the things I own that I've not gotten to, um, yeah, I'd be cast off into like the darkest circle of hell for like, uh, like un, ungotten to media ungotten to is not a word, but yeah. yeah. It, 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 and for, for that matter, uh, things that are borrowed from certain friends, uh, Paul, uh, that I have not gotten. Oh, to, I was like, so. what did I borrow from you? And, like, what video you? game and movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. uh, now that I've had it in my collection for a y- over a year, so don't charge me fees, please. Oh, Samuel um, lent me movies like five years ago. I'm, I'm not kidding. There's a couple like um, a couple Death Wish, like that remake of Death Wish, that was like you know the Eli Roth one, oh, yeah. and then another one called Death Kiss that is not a re- whatever. Um, this th- is how long yeah. ago that was because I. I also borrowed them from him and then gave them to you and oh. you were living at your old That's house. what I'm saying. Like it's been, old. yeah. So it's yeah. been pre pandemic, man. That's like five years. I didn't even know they remade death wish. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Bruce Willis, uh, so, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Bruce Willis. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. I never there saw was a, it. But. There was a decent amount of money invested in that too. So, yeah. yeah, but either way, I'm just saying, like, don't feel bad about like media that you've not gotten to, because I'm the king of uh, not getting to things. So, so, so yeah, yeah. The, king, the king of wishful thinking, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Steve, to answer you, like, and I, so I think we're all guilty of that. I also think that uh, because we all grew up with that, like, the brick and mortar kind of mentality, that when streaming did come along, we were like, wow, this is amazing, and we got so used to it, right? But, it, but yeah. isn't there something about the thrill of the hunt too? Like, I love that. Like, I think that is probably the, one of the more important parts of me going to a con. It's like, I just want to find something that I wasn't even really expecting either. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I mean, right after I get out of high school, I would go right up to our record, um, like, uh, retailer, and I would go through every single bin of what was there just so I could find something that was cheap. And I'm like, let me just discover whatever this is. Some of my favorite bands of all time I found in the dollar bin. Yeah. And, and I, oh. yeah, that's something to be said for that. So I just wanted to get your guys' take where we're at with the physical media and then to talk to what, um, what Nathaniel mentioned already about the, the streaming side of things. And like with, with that being said, with the, the kind of uh, collapse and coll- um, um, uh, collation of streaming services and how they've been um, actively choosing to um, either just eliminate media or shelve it all together, like um, like is <laughs> I understand we're all like, well, how dare they? But like like isn't this kind of something that we kind of saw coming from like the moment, like when Netflix kind of came big and everyone's like, Oh, we're going to have our own streaming services. The writing was on. Did did we not think that this is what was going to happen? Like, can we be honest about that? So Nathaniel, since you were mentioning that first, I'll ask you like your thoughts about that. My thoughts on like the consolidation. Yeah. Like everyone's like, you see how like, it's like, it's getting to the point now. I saw a report that, um, if you sub into like, you know, X number of subscription services, you're at the same break point where cable was before people were cord cutting. Oh yeah, for sure. Cost. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it's, it, it is, um, it, it's, it's excessive. Um, 
but I think it works. Uh, there's something to the idea of, I mean, it's the same with physical media. I mean, like there's, there's an aspect of, of humanity in, in our culture that we are wired to consume, uh, almost to the point of like addiction that I think like, you know, everybody, I, I know so many people, uh, in the, uh, sort of digital critic world, uh, that, that write articles and reviews and stuff for various publications and websites that often lament they've got too many. Um, and I've got too many, um, you know, but yeah, we are, we're spending an awful lot of money, uh, per month or per year or what have you on streaming services on the idea that for many it's, it's Disney plus is a great example. Uh, I, myself included, uh, there are people that are like the only reason they have Disney plus is like the Simpsons is on there. You know, um, Marvel's on there. Uh, Star Wars is on there. Um, You know, or with HBO Max where it's like, well, okay, uh, DC's on there. Game Uh, of Thrones again. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Uh, You know, there's something that's on. And Netflix has been the most notorious about this where they've been lining up major releases just in time for their price increases. Uh, you know, so that when people are like, well, I'm going to cancel Netflix, $17 for Netflix, $20 for Netflix, $27 for Netflix. That's too much. But by the way, uh, here's the new season of Sandman. Here's the new season of, uh, Stranger Things. Here's the new season of Wednesday, whatever their hot new property is. Um, it's, it's, so we are running into that problem where we have way too much, um, Availability and the thing is that nobody really uses. I, I spend more time. I, I I haven't measured this, but I'm fairly certain I spend more time scrolling through mm-hmm. streaming services than I do actually watching anything. Because I'm scrolling through, going like, well, I don't know about that. But then you see, like, my two B watch list has got to be like 150 titles long because there's so much stuff. That I'm like, oh, I want to get to that. But I don't feel like it right now. But I'm going to put that in my watch list, and I'm going to get to it. I never get to it, um, you know. And so it's it's. Uh, I I, for, I think my favorite is still Tubi though, because Tubi is at least free. Um, and as Steve already mentioned, uh, I think it was Steve either Steve or Terry mentioned, um, it has this wonderful uh, selection of uh, dumb stuff. Really, like there's all this weird stuff on Tubi that you're like, oh wow, I can't believe. Uh, I, I just watched um, uh, Subway, I think. I think it was called. Or, uh, but yeah, it was like this weird French movie <laughs> starring Christopher Lambert. Um, and it was great. But it was the weirdest movie to find randomly on Tubi. And so, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, it, it, you probably are more than capable of just getting by with just Tubi. But there are all of these streaming services and there's so many of them right now. I've got an old Royal rumble on, on Peacock in the background. Um, there are, I have access. I think currently I'm down to four that I pay for. And that's actually absurd. Well, and, and also I, I just, I think if, if we would have had something like Pluto TV, when we were in all our early twenties, all of us, we would have lost our goddamn minds. 
with it. Oh yeah. It would have been the greatest thing ever. Now I'm annoyed that I can't specifically pick which thing I want to watch. I'm like, Oh, there's commercials. That's how, how spoiled yeah. we have become. Right. Where it's like, yeah. Oh, that's a mystery size theater. 3000 channel. That's 24 hours a day. Oh man. It's not, I don't, Oh, I'm halfway through an episode and there's a commercial. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. I've known people that like, I will mention uh, on Twitter. I'll be like, you know, Oh, uh, such and such movie is on Tubi for free. People will be like, Oh, ads. And I'm like, yeah, um, but I grew up watching TV, so ads are no. I mean, HBO Max is excessive. Like their like, ads I are. I have to take a piss at some point, so that works. yeah. But the ads on <laughs> HBO Max are insane. Like, uh, yeah. but I keep watching the same two hot flashes and AT and T smug AT and T commercials over and over and over again that I want to like put my fist through a television. Um, I mean, at this point, I, I have done a reverse yeah. mortgage because Magnum told me to do so. I'll let people know yeah. that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've yeah. lost my, my house, but I trust all them. the same two yeah. commercials. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so um, so, Steve, like, what are your thoughts on like that? Because I know I think you and I are, are very much guilty of having a plethora of streaming services that aren't always utilized. Yeah, and when you're lazy like me, you know, it's much easier to go, well, I'll check uh, this app and see what's playing as opposed to getting off my ass and grabbing something from my stack of DVDs and Blu-rays that are overtaking my living room now. Um, but, you know, what's funny, too, to me about, like, uh, you know, we were talking about Tubi and the ads thing, and I guess, I think it's generational, obviously. Like, it's got to be at this point, right? Like, or are you finding this in people who have lived their entire life with ads and they're still just like, no ads? Like, yeah. I don't know what the, you know, yeah, where that line is them, drawn. Yeah. I would yeah. think some of the people that tend to be like, oh, I, you know, I, screw Tubi. There's there's ads uh, are are probably under thirty, but um, but yeah, I mean, like it They're is probably also the same ones that look at their phones during a movie anyway. So right, well, I do that now. <laughs> I mean, like even I'm forty two and I do that, so it's not a young person thing. I don't well, think. I, but, I would yeah. say some of my some of my best experiences with watching films are the local ads, not even the ones that are like here's a progressive. Uh, advertisement again. It's like you, we got something for a local furniture shop in our area. And it's like that stuff is great because it's like you're watching a movie on Big Chuck and Little John, which was a Cleveland thing, Nathaniel. So, it, like, if you watch something like that and then you see like a fur furniture advertisement, it is so surreal and ridiculous that you're like, I have to remember that. <laughs> like, there, you can find this stuff on YouTube now where it's just like, what the hell are they showing right now? Like, why are these commercials based this way? But yeah, like, that's, that's, that's the stuff that I've carried along with me through my, like through my youth and that, that I'm like, you don't remember all these commercials, but do you also don't remember how they showed mother's day on cable? Like, like not even cable access. Like they showed it on regular TV. I'm like mother's day should not have been showed. on that. <laughs> <laughs> It shouldn't have. No, no, even heavily edited. That's got to be yeah. a pretty intense viewing experience. But so, so oh. what about the arbitrary removal or even like uh, with there's been shows that have been premiered like Disney Plus had the Willow series. They yanked it pretty quickly. Uh, Paramount yeah. Plus yeah, had. Was, that was the one I yeah. was pissed about the yeah. most because it's like, where do you find it now? Yeah, you can't find that anywhere. Um, and then yeah. also, like, what was it? Uh, Paramount Plus had that that Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies thing that was out for like what not Same even thing. three months. And then yep. even like the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. I know Terry and I have talked about that because of our other show. They pulled both of those seasons. The, those are I mean, you can find them on Blu-ray, but 
I just, those were produced specifically for that network and then they yanked them. And I don't understand yeah. that. Um, and it's just, uh, and then also too, there's the other things like, what was it? The, the Batgirl film, um, yep. what else was there? That was, uh, Which just- they, they shit on themselves for that one. Like all that money spent on that series. And then they're like, yeah, no one gets to see it. Yeah. Well, then there's the, the, um, was it the Acme versus coyote film that might see the light of day? Uh, cause you, cause Nathaniel mentioned Zaslov. He said it was, mm-hmm. well, it was a brave move. To, yes. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Are you? And then th- there was, a, th- they also Warner brothers discovery, whatever it started yanking a lot of their animated series that people love too. Like, it's just mm-hmm. I, like, I don't understand. Like if the thing is, is like we overextended ourselves and we, we, we doubled down and bet on streaming and it didn't pay off. I like, do you think an immediate tax write-off is going to be the benefit versus like maybe tightening the belt down the line of what you choose to produce? No, any of these, any of these CEOs like David Zaslav could take a small pay cut and save the company. Uh, But they won't. And, um, but yeah, so Zaslav calls himself brave for, for taking tax write-offs. And then the other guy from Disney was like, Oh, the reason the Marvels did so poorly was because execs weren't on set. It was like any creative would tell you the last person they want on set is an executive. Um, But no, I mean, it's all nonsense. Yeah. Zaslav is, uh, is, is, uh, is a poor CEO anyway. He's driving the company into the ground. Uh, and part of the reason he's driving the company in the ground is bad press. Well, he's do, you, like, you, do know, you think any of these people actually like media? Do you think any of actually- definitely does not? I think yeah. that was why he ended up being promoted is because like his, his pitch for the gig was, I think I don't care. Um, I only care about money. And they were like, Hmm, that sounds like the, I like the cut of your jib. You're hired. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think initially most, most create, most, you know, uh, executives probably at least got into the business because they liked media. But, uh, I think Zaslav is almost, uh, outright stated. He just hates TV, uh, you know, hates movies. Uh, I think he wanted, I think he was the one that also, when he took over, uh, pitched the idea that basically like, uh, discovery was going <laughs> to HBO was going to be, uh, the guys, and Discovery was going to be the girls, and everybody went, um, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, we're going to have all this reality TV on Discovery because that's the future, right? You know, and it was like, uh, you know, it's, it, they, over time, uh, I, I'm trying not to get up, I'm doing my Dennis Miller. I'm going to, I'm going off on a rant here. No, you make uh, sense and we like you. Continue. But, You're not Dennis Miller. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, but uh, hey, cha cha. Um, but yeah, the um, sorry, I'm sorry. The, the two Bordello uh, blood stands are going to stand up and argue with us right now. Continue, please. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, good lord. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, but no, I mean, seriously, the 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 idea is that uh, you know we have uh, uh, executives now in control of these major companies that don't really care about. Um, the consumer, they don't care about the art. They don't care about anything except the bottom line. And so that's why we're seeing it. And and that is another reason why people are, a lot of uh, filmmakers and type and such are saying buy physical media. Like uh, Guillermo del Toro, I think went on, uh, uh, did a little bit of a, an interview recently where he was like, you know, people who buy physical media are preserving history uh, because he's looking at, the execs and like David Zaslav chopping things out. Um, but I mean, you mentioned the animated series being cut. I, I actually purchased uh, a copy of the, the DVD set of 
Justice League and Justice League Unlimited because they were like, we're going to remove that from HBO Max. And I was like, well, I'm going to make sure I have that because I love that series. Um, but that's also what I mean is that even if they don't cut it forever, you could lose something you really like tomorrow on streaming. That's why I'm glad that uh, Paul mentioned Willow because that's something – that, that I, show was fun. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, then they yeah, were like, we're not going to have it anymore. Yeah. And I, I remember you saying that you spoke highly about it and that, and like, you really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, I was like, dude, now where do I go? Like, what do I do with that? Like, I knew I was super excited about it. And it's like, all right, cool. Like, I'm just like left here hanging in the wind. Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, I think Zazzle, one of the first shows Zazzle cut was Westworld, which was... Um, yeah, that's uh, I, I, thought I didn't was a, get to watch that either. I, I watched uh, the first season of it. I didn't care for it. But the point is, though, that a lot of people loved it. And it's gone. Gone forever. Well, they didn't even get the uh, chance. Know, like, there wasn't even a chance to like tell the, the creators, like, listen, this is a lost leader. However, you, you, we will give you half a season to wrap it up. So that way they could at least have a complete series to draw people in. Cause I don't know about you guys, but there's times where it's like, if something gets canceled, you're like, well, the, is it even worth my time? And that's, that's very frustrating where like, yeah, I did get the first season of Westworld a chance. I liked it. It's just that I tr- started it. It got like to the point where I'm like, I don't want to be sitting there trying to take notes during a TV show. Um, but that was just me at the time. Uh, but it, just the knowing that it, is, it just kind of stops. Do I really want to go on and invest in the other three seasons now? You know, like, I'm right. sorry, I cut you off, but like, that's, but yeah, but they cut that. And then there's a couple other shows that they're just like, nah, we're good. And I understand that like some shows don't go on and, and Netflix is notorious for not telling you what's going to get renewed or not. Right. I'm, I'm still mad at you, Netflix for not finishing glow. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't understand the point. Where is the value added when you have a show that was supposed to be this tent pole uh, and you're not going to even let them finish it. Um, and that wasn't even supposed to be the topic here, but I just, that's my own frustration with some of this sometimes. Well, this is going, yeah, this is going to quickly tie into yet another issue that was on your list of topics, which is the strike. Yes. Um, because not only are we talking about a show getting cut, um, you know, gone forever, but there's no residuals either. Once that occurs, like you mentioned, like not giving them another season, not even that they probably care less about that. The fact that they will never see another dime. Um, and that, is where it really gets awful. It's not about the content loss for, it's not just the content loss for the consumer. It's also the creatives will never see another dime of residuals from any of these projects. And that is uh, not only irresponsible, but I almost outright evil um, to take people's livelihood and be like, you know, you don't get anything ever again. Um, and that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to the strike here in a second, but Terry, you were going to say something as well. And yeah, then yeah. you're making I'm good sorry, points. There. No, 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 there. no. You're making good points, no, but no. yeah, no, it, no, no. I mean, you guys are both making good points because I mean, there is a lot of material now that is just being left right out there. And it's like, there is no continuance of it. There's no talk about it. So then it's like when the people are like, but we were here watching the entire time. It's like, well, I guess we're gonna, just going to cancel it anyways. Um, like uh, one of the things I was going to talk about during this discussion was what we do in the shadows. They just announced that they're going to have their last season. And I like what's like, I know the, the watchers are there. I know the audience is there. Like we, we are 
we were there waiting for new material. And like all of a sudden it's like, we see that today. We're actually, I think it was yesterday, but nonetheless, it's like, we're going to lose something else that could continue on in some kind of format. And is that being, is that being dropped because of, uh, uh, of like a tax refund or or tax rebate? Or is that being dropped because like, they didn't say that it said that like that that would be the last season. And there's been no word if it was like a mutual decision or whatever, but like, like, uh, FX or, you know, cause I know they got bought by Disney. They've actually FX as a network, right. As an arm of the Disney, They've actually done a pretty good job of keeping, like keeping or original programming. Yeah, um, I just, I just watched, um, uh, what was it season fifteen of Archer? Uh, so I mean, like they've kept that show alive, for, like, and that just wrapped up. And like, it's always time. sunny is That's still running. Up. They have yeah. a, yeah, they have a movie coming out, uh, I guess soon. Yeah, uh, to wrap up. Yeah. So I, I see your point, Terry. I do. Uh, so I don't, Steve, and, I don't, yeah. and like all this is getting a little long in it too. So like yeah. maybe we should like go to the next subject. We will. I just I don't, Steve. I don't know if you have any input on this part of the thing about the streaming availability or not. I don't know if you have thoughts. No, no. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I agree with Terry. We should probably move into other territories. But uh, no, I don't have anything else to add. Sadly. Okay, that's fine. I just so yeah, Nathan, you mentioned the strike that we had a, a prolonged writers and actors strike that went over the course of the summer, um, and they the, both uh, the writers guild and the actors guild uh, ended up getting better deals. Uh, there's been some debate about the actors deal. There's some issues there, but it was still significantly better than what they had, right? And a lot of it deals with the AI part of it, and then also additional likenesses, but. During that time, like, and, I, and my question I had for for you all was, do you think that like the public at large, like I I know why the the four of us understood why it was important, and I'm not trying to be like <laughs> we're going to look down at everybody else for not understanding the position that these people are in, because you mentioned Nathaniel about residuals and getting paid. Uh, do you think, um, and I'll, I'll start with you, Nathaniel. Do you think like the public, like the general public, learned anything from this about like like there's these water cooler moments of like, did you watch X, Y, Z show? Did you see this, this, and this? Do you think that maybe they start to understand that it's like, you know, there's more going on than just a, a, a channel says, come watch house, of the dragon. And that, you know, like there's the actual effort that goes on to making these things we like, as opposed to just like, Oh, it's another thing I like. It's, it's cotton candy. I'm going to eat it and not thinking about how it was made. Uh, I think, uh, to, to say learned anything is might be a stretch. Okay. Um, I, I think that I honestly mo- I think most things that create this kind of discourse, um, you know, especially online and with social media, uh, it, it feels very much often like an echo chamber. Like, you know, you mentioned uh, and, and again, I, you know, not to be condescending, but the four of us understand, you know, the concept of the of, uh, you know, uh, we were on the side of the strikers. You know, um, we understand what it's like to to be working people and uh, to realize what, you know, the worst thing about the the worst thing to happen is your paycheck being eliminated. Um, You know, there's very few things that are are worse for uh, for worse for people than to be like, well, I'm not going to get paid now. Um, You know, I think Steve had mentioned uh, on one of our shows uh, about, you know, a commission that didn't come through and how he put all this work into something and then was like, Oh, I'm not getting paid. Um, you know, like that is a serious, uh, problem. 
Uh, but I think in terms of like I go I think like the the people that let are like us that were already on the side of the strikers probably only had our viewpoints uh, cemented, whereas the people who were against it probably didn't get their minds changed. Um, I know there were people that um, you know Twitter. I do. Uh, I spend uh, some time on Twitter still. Uh, I have a group of great friends on there, even though it's a cesspool of uh, of. Uh, scum and villainy but um i'm on there a lot and i saw a lot of conversation about the strike especially over the summer and uh what would commonly happen where there would be people who would have these complete meltdowns about not getting their shows um there was a guy who who uh told uh stephen denight uh that he was uh going that they were going to cause suicides uh, because people with mental health problems won't have their uh, release, you know, they won't have their distraction. Um, you know, there was a, someone who uh, who said that they were never going to watch anything ever again because all sides are selfish, because she couldn't see Timothy Chalamet in Dune on time. Um, you know, there were people that, that literally don't get uh, that people's livelihoods are at stake. Uh, and either sided with the bosses being like, well, they didn't want to create content. We should do this. AI, uh, another thing that became a hot topic over the summer because it was at the center of the strike. Uh, you know, it's we've seen more and more stories now of plagiarized art uh, because these people go, oh, wait, that's a great idea. And they went out and did it. Uh, rather than learn anything, like rather than say, well, maybe this is a bad thing. The worst thing about it, though, the, for the actors, in my opinion, not not just the residual thing, but that AI clause, uh, that was uh, the one that set me off, uh, which was the idea that and I had to explain this to uh, an old man I work with uh, because he was at he's anti-union for whatever reason. And uh, and he was like, why are they striking? And I'm like, well, OK, so, Jerry, the idea would be you get hired to be in a movie. And he's like, OK. And I'm like, all right. So you they, what they scan your likeness into a computer. They pay you 500 bucks and then kick you out the door. And then they can then put you in the background of any movie they choose. And even he was like, that's awful. And I'm like, yeah, that's basically what we're fighting for, that the the people being most affected by the strike, uh, despite what a lot of naysayers would say, were people that are pretty much not making much more than we are. Yeah, and there was um, another thing, too, yeah. where like a lot of ways to get into these guilds was to become like first become a background actor. And background if you can't actor. even like get in there to get your card, your SAG card, that that's going to limit, you know, everything there. So, yeah. um, you know, so yeah, that, that that's like important. And I, I just also too, um, and I, I think it's also worth mentioning that because social media is such a strong presence now, we could have people on the front line. We could have, uh, like Adam Conover, who was a strike leader, yep. like call out bullshit that was going on the entire time. We could have, um, mm-hmm. uh, freaking Hellboy, um, you know, goddamn Ron Perlman. Ron per- Ron yeah, Perlman. yeah, Adam Conover, I got off the top of my head. Ron Perlman, I'm like, I don't know, that guy with the forehead. Um, you know, Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah, Ron, like, you know, Tom, Tom Waits out there, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like mm-hmm. basically being like, come out of your house, we're going to beat the shit out of you, you know, whatever <laughs> he was saying. Like, but like, you know, and then like even Brian Cranston with his, like, you know, like you, you don't, you know, don't piss off Walter White when it comes to money. 
You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, uh, like we were getting these real human stories during all of this. And I think that helped because it's like, you see like, oh, these are people doing the things that we love and they're showing you the reality of this. I think that was it 20 years ago when there was the writer's strike at that point, um, we like, I mean, one, I didn't really understand it other than I just remembered like late night talk shows were weird there for a while. And Conan O'Brien had some of the funny shit ever. Cause they were just making it up literally on camera, just trying to buy time. Um, you know, it's, well, there's, yeah, there's, go ahead. there's quite a difference between like what happened in the, uh, hockey walkout. Then there was like all these writers, a lot of people are affected by this. And I think that's like the bigger issue here. It's like, people are like, where's my entertainment? It's like, well, because people aren't getting paid and like, Oh, but I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I think that's frustrating in itself too. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Paul. No, no. You, like, it, it, like, you're yeah, also it, talking it, about like, one of those things, like yeah. being in a union myself in the past. I'm like, if somebody could just walk in and be like, yeah, I can do it better and cheaper. And it's like, but no, you can't like, you can't do it better than me. You know? Yeah. And even things like I didn't even realize would be like makeup artists and costume designers and prop builders and all that stuff. It's like, this goes, the ecosystem is like, I was always aware of it. Like mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot, but like, it's one of those things. It's like, it takes a second to like kind of refocus and be like, yeah, this is a significant footprint. And these people are doing this because it's the thing they love and we love the thing they do, you know? And it's like, um, if we, <laughs> if we just want the same things recycled over and over again, that has, it, that's dispirited and uninspired. I mean, I don't know. They're, they're, I, it, Hallmark exists for a reason. Hallmark channel. You can go watch all that all the time. It's fine. You know, like I get, maybe I shouldn't shit on those holiday movies, but it's the same movie with a different title. Um, yeah. fight me under a mistletoe and then we'll make out. But, but anyway, so but no, you're right. You know. You're to, to your point though. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I had said this, um, uh, uh anytime, uh, you see the big guns getting hit by something. Um, I, I had mentioned this even with like WWE, for example, like, you know, their annual layoffs uh, where they're like, we, we let go of the following 12 wrestlers and everybody's really upset about the wrestlers being gone. And I'm like, you know, before they got to the wrestlers, they cut like some guy who is, is to like in catering, right? Like uh, all these other people, there are people who drive the truck that got laid off before the wrestler got laid off. Um, yeah. and the same thing is true of the, of the strike was that like the thing that's being affected more than it's not George Clooney. He's fine. It's, uh, it's the background actors, it's drivers, it's grips. It's all these people that work, uh, ball behind the scenes and you never see or hear a word from them. And they are, uh, they're not getting paid anywhere near, what George Clooney is getting paid. I don't know why I'm picking on George Clooney, but, um, I just, I, but he needed but, the money. That's why he was in the flash. You could tell he was hurt up, right? Like I'm kidding. Continue. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul, no, did you totally. just spoil the flash? <laughs> so yeah. It doesn't matter. Fish. Nobody's watching it anyway. Yeah. Oh, somebody already did. Uh, oh, uh, well, Steve kept telling on. me, he's like, he's like, listen, you know, like Ezra Miller did nothing wrong. And, um, and I'm glad that he's in the movie twice. Sorry. They're, they're in the movie twice. And Steve was really excited for it. So you're right. I'm sorry, Steve, that I ruined, um, I was shitting on the flash. Uh, <laughs> I think, I, I think I, like, I guess I'll go real quick here, um, to answer your question as well, Paul. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think the, the, the viewers at large really learn anything about the strike because if they really understand the intricacies and like, like the, the, the actual people that are working on these films, they probably aren't. 
like I mean, like um, one of my favorite podcasts, which is sadly going to be ending here soon, uh, post mortem. Uh, Mick Garris talks about how he was part of the writer's strike, and it it, it is a, a huge thing for this AI thing that's happening right now. And he was a big advocate for all of this and like how writers should get their due. I don't think a lot of people really understand the weight of the issue. And so I think there are people out there right now that have been like, why didn't we get Stranger Things like yet? And like, right. Because <laughs> like yeah. of issues, guys. Like, it's like, so like if, 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 if oh, well, if, well, let's take it a step further. Uh, if the borders get shut down in Canada, we can't get in certain stuff. Huh? Hmm. Maybe you didn't think about how, like, we can't produce certain material. Or, you know, if somebody gets stuck in the canal, we can't get certain material. Like, that's what's going on. It, it, it's essentially the same thing. People can't do their jobs because they don't have the ability to do their jobs. So, I mean, that was what the writer's strike was. People needed to step aside because they were being shit on by the system. Well, even and, that, like there was fights. I, I yeah, still yeah. think they are too. Well, they are, but there was like fights to like reduce writer's rooms. There was like things to read. Like basically there was like clauses in there where, um, uh, that once somebody came in to kind of write the Bible for the show and like an outline, they could be removed from the show and not get paid anything additional, like whatever happens. Like there was a lot of shady business going on. And also like, you know, the reduction of episode numbers, which like I could see both sides of that where it's like, sometimes I actually kind of prefer a season to be like, like, you know, eight episodes, but I also understand that TV used to be a, C a single season of television. Actually, I'm sorry. The CW was like, I know there's 52 weeks in the year, but we're going to give you 137 episodes of the flash in a single season. Deal with it. Um, like there's a lot there. So I see what you're saying. And, and Steve, I'm sorry. I was picking on you about the flash. I don't know if you wanted to rebut. I, I was making a joke about your love of Ezra Miller, which we all know is not well, true. He, yeah. he was trying to set up a date with one of us so we could watch the flash. So, oh yeah. Damn. No, no, I, uh, I'm perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I guess I, you guys have made a lot of good points points and i was trying to actually i'm like i don't i think they've actually said kind of everything on it i mean you know i i don't know about you guys i i don't think i've ever seen anybody striking and then thought to myself like jerks like i right yeah. i i've never with the bosses really, yeah right so it's one of those things where it's an easy thing to say but it's like yeah i i tend to just, I, I tend to uh side with you know the folks who are who are striking and uh you know i think people th think that hollywood or whoever's making your entertainment you know that these things are often very cushy and i'm sure there are a lot of great perks i'm sure there are there's also a lot of people working very hard to make these things happen and they're getting screwed out of money to live to be able to do those things so it's kind of like you need you need to take care of the people in order to get if you want viewers asses in the seats you know you gotta you gotta take care of the people who make the, the content that you're providing and right i think you know with both the the writers and the actors strike you know it's like i think they're only for three years and i'm wondering like what we're going to be what the landscape's going to look like in three years from now Oh, I think there are some other unions that'll strike well before then. 
I mean, like there are other uh, other entertainment aspects. The um, I think the the writing on the wall was that at some point in 2024, I think the digital artists union is uh, their contracts coming up and they're uh, they're pretty frustrated with what's going on with Disney. And uh, so they might strike next uh, and probably will. Um, And that's good because it's good for them. It's bad for the consumer in theory, because we don't get to watch our favorite shit. But, um, but everybody, and that, I think that's what I mean by like, I think only, I think everybody only had their point of view cemented. I don't know if anybody turned around because at the same time you still see, uh, like Terry mentioned, uh, you know, uh, being in a union and someone saying I can do it faster and better. I mean, that was a big thing where, like I said, with AI, where all of a sudden there were all these AI startups, uh, some, some asshole, sorry, Paul, um, in the, on the internet. So wait, are you, wait, are uh, you apologizing for the can, swear? Or are you apologizing that I started an AI startup that I didn't tell you guys about? I, I just, uh, uh, because I'm swearing. Okay. Um, <laughs> did you start an AI startup? I mean, I might have to well, I'm out. not going to talk but about we, it now, but if you like, quite a bit, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like it's implied but that I'm point, sitting here, yeah. like on a stack of like, you know, uh, NFTs and like AI, like AI generate. I actually, I've been going through Steve's artwork and then coming up with like AI generated different things. So instead of the silent slasher, it's the Saturday night uh, guy making loaves of bread for people or what. I don't know. I got nothing, um, you know. But yeah, my point is, though, that uh, there were a lot of guys who were saying exactly that. They're like you the, that the writer strike and the actor strike were just going to uh, screw up the entire industry to the point that AI is just going to take over because we can do it faster. We can do it better. We can do it cheaper. Um, so they didn't learn anything uh, except maybe recognize opportunity. Uh, that won't go well for them. Um, but you had a bunch of people like like totally begging to to uh, uh, scab, you know, like uh, you know, yeah. and I'm like, and even though like uh, you know, guys like Stephen Denight who were very vocal were like, if you scab, you will never work again. Like Dude, eventually, that, the strike will end. That that is like completely true because, like again, certain podcasts I've listened to, they're like, you burn those bridges really quick if you do the scabbing. So oh, like, yeah. <laughs> well, but also like, like the, the, sorry, I'm sorry, Steve, were you going to say something or was somebody else speaking? N- up? N- nope. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to, I was just going to complete my thought where it's like, I, just to kind of build off the at large, I've talked to so many people that are just like, I'll move on to the next thing because I can't find something. I'll move on to the next thing there. It's like, so, so Nathaniel was talking about like, what a, like I think it was prior to the mics being turned on. It's like one of the most frustrating things is like to just go surfing over different streaming like services and just trying to find something. So you're like, like I did it last night. I was 45 minutes in and I was like, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> so, so I went across five different services just so I could find something. So what law and order show did you watch? Uh, it wasn't law and order. <laughs> You're, you're going to find out soon what it was. Okay. It, it, was it was the flash. It was um, the flash. <laughs> no, that was like, that was like three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like, so like, um, yeah, that, yeah. So then, uh, with all that being said, though, I think it's interesting that the two most successful films in the U.S. box office were uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, which were both helmed by uh, strong uh, creative voices that had a specific vision, and they pushed back. Like, you know, meaning like, I mean, you don't, you don't get in front of Christopher Nolan now, like the guy, like, well, like, 
I, I do appreciate his output. I do think he's a little bit of his own butt sometimes. But the fact that like, you know, he's like, I'm going to do this my way. And I'm going to I'm going to make film physically so big that it might break movie theaters physically to put it in there. And then we have, uh, you know, uh, Greta Gerwig, who's like even telling Mattel, it's like, trust me. You know, I like, and, and somehow the films that actually had like the strongest, like direction and creative voices were the most successful of the year. Who'd have thought people would actually respond to like people not just giving into the system. Right. So, I mean, I know that like, you know, had we not had that, I don't know if maybe the writer's strike would be different, but the fact that those two films excelled and they're two distinct voices and visions that, you know, aren't the same as the other things that they keep trying to shove out in front of us. I think that's important to note. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know if we have anything else about the, 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 the strike or like, Oh, I think it was just important to note because I understand for me, I was just for like my content and gestation is normally like, I like a lot of the late night shows and with everybody being like on strike, you know, I couldn't consume that. So I ended up like finding other things to do. And I ended up supporting a lot of, uh, smaller, uh, YouTube content creators, right. In terms of their output of like their, uh, ability to like do deep dives in the subject matter. So now because of that, there's actually more people in my rotation. So I think that is a benefit. I don't know if, if something changed for you guys during this as well. Um, I'll ask that and then we can move on to the next topic. So, uh, Nathaniel, like, did you find anything else during the meantime or were you happy with your physical media that you had already? Oh, I found stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's always so much, to actually watch i mean also like the entire strike i was working too i mean like i i <clears throat> i was working at the theater like all the time and there were still movies coming out um you know the it, production stopped but there was for new stuff but there was stuff already out you know and so um but yeah i mean i found i i found stuff to do i mean like it's uh it, there's always something uh, you know, it, the, one of the benefits of spending 45 minutes scrolling through social media, uh, through, scrolling through streaming services, there's always something you've never seen. Uh, it's just old. But I mean, if you are uh, that and in, so invested in your new season of Stranger Things, then or your Dune, uh, you know, then, yeah, you're going to be upset. Fair enough. But no, I, I yeah, I was I was totally I mean, I supported the strike and I didn't uh, I, you know, found stuff to watch and I didn't mind. So. <coughs> Okay. Uh, and Steve, did you yeah. get anything else differently? Cause I know that you, I think you and I travel in the same media circles, like for, um, you know, our daily c content of like the late night stuff. So I don't know if you found anything else to dig into. Uh, no, I mean, you know, we were talking about services earlier and you know, like for instance, HBO max, the only reason we carry it really is, is so we can watch John Oliver. Um, and he's on break now, I think until February. So, uh, that'll be three months of probably not watching much on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, whatever the future holds, because, you know, I I, I, I want to say this, cause, and I don't want to say it uh, without some sort of context. AI is a tool, and I, you know, I don't think that it, it has to be the necessary evil that everybody's expecting it to be. It probably will be, don't get me wrong. But, you know, as artists, you know, I remember when people were decrying Photoshop and saying that, like, if it's digital, it's crap. And it doesn't, you know, it's it's not going to be the wave of the future and, you know, only print on canvas and shit like that. Like, there were a lot of people who were up in arms about stuff like Photoshop. So it's, 
it's it's going to be a part of our lives whether we want it to or not um particularly if you're somebody who works uh in the entertainment inter- industry but you know it, it, it's you know i don't want to say it's a necessary evil because it's not it's just an evil i guess but one that you'll have to live with and that's what the strike was about was finding that balance of what they could live with well and, that, and that it's a it's a tool like like so like um meaning like if there's a script out there like an ai script that can maybe like point out redundancies or like similar beats if you're going through a script and be like hey uh you know the way this is worded it, it implies that maybe this is a repeated beat and you could be like okay well cool do i revisit that or was that intentional right like i think that's I think there, I think that's important. I think there's ways to to use that. You're right. It's a tool as anything. Like anything can be used for good or for bad. So I think that's important to point out. So uh, Terry, was there anything that you were digging into, like new or like something? I don't know. Like, are you like now really into like woodworking videos? I don't, I don't know. Like what? Like what do you I just? Oh, I mean, when I was like 16, yeah, but uh, no, it's. Um, <laughs> Is that a euphemism? I, I was really into woodworking okay. while I was 16. Uh, continue, please. Anyway, um, yeah, old Yankee wood workshop. So yeah, so uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I I think that really the AI could be something that somebody could hone in like their process of writing, but I don't think it's going to take over at any one point because the consumer is still sitting there and he's going to shit on what he doesn't like as a, like an output. Mm-hmm. So like as, as much as we think this might be something could be, it's going to take over. No, it's not going to take over. It's somebody's going to always be there to scrutinize whatever that material is. It's not going to take over. So like I look forward to the future and how writers can still kind of manipulate whatever that is. If, if the companies say, well, this is what you have to work with. But I think the writers are always going to be at the forefront. I and hope I, so. I, yeah. Like I am poor. Am I, uh, big execs. Well, <laughs> it's just, there's, big company. <laughs> there was a thing even like the late 1800s called the plot wheel that they would sell where it was like basically like this wheel of fortune spinner that you're like, oh, if you run into like a corner as you're writing, spin the plot wheel. And there were such things as like, um, like a sudden, like a sudden entrance, uh, like uh, somebody suddenly enters the room that's unexpected or a long lost love to, returns. You have to roll a 20 die. Yeah. So. And then it's yeah. like this basically like it's the same thing. Like the, the plot wheel is AI where it's like, what happens now? I don't know. Like somebody gets consumption whatever it was so like like, yeah the the, the whole dungeons and dragons aspect of it can be interesting but i just don't think that it's ever gonna be like like ai is gonna win out we're not gonna get rid rid of writers like that's never gonna happen well yeah yeah you're right it's just i think that um i think that there should be some bumper you know guardrails put in place to make sure that like humans can still be the, the primary source. Right. So I think that's what we've yeah. been talking about. So, okay. Uh, do we oh, want to, did yeah. I misunderstand your question? Were you asking, I, I, I guess I wasn't sure. Were you asking for like things that I found online? Yeah. Or? I was just asking if there's anything and, like, like for me, like I, like I said, there's um, a couple, I think like, you gave me a different question just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember what I said. I'm kidding. No, but I'm saying like, um, like I've gotten to this weird thing now where, um, there is a content creator online. Her name is swoop and she's awesome. And she does like these like two hour long videos that are like these deep dives into like, um, like 
internet culture, which I'm 45. I shouldn't be this engrossed in like that kind of garbage, but she does like these amazing breakdowns of like, uh, she did it. Like she did a three part series on Colin Ballinger. If you guys don't know who that is, you should be thankful. Anyway, she's the lady that did the apology with the ukulele that everybody aped. She's a piece of shit. Um, but oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one. And it just it, she's the Miranda sings or whatever. Or uh, if you guys remember, she had uh, what was the, that Netflix series a couple years ago that was um, oh, I forget the name of it. But anyway, just yeah. But this 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 person does these amazingly well thought out and reasoned videos, and like I just kind of was like, oh, there's a new swoop video. Like so, that was where I was finding my like while I was working during the day, listening to something and watching something. Right. So like that's what I was talking about. But if you didn't change your habits, that's fine too. That I I um, I was just curious if there was anything that crept in that you hadn't had part part of your uh, consumption like uh, of media. Uh, during the strike because there was droughts purposely. So because those workers weren't working, that was the question I was asking. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess, yeah, there were, you know, like there shows like the bear, like I watched both seasons of that and went through a couple of different, uh, different series. Um, and, getting caught up on certain things that we were behind on, which somehow oddly enough, we're back behind on certain things again. And it's like, how does this happen? <laughs> There's not that much going on right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, people use their content to as comfort food. And I think that's probably one of the things that's, you know, people need to remember is if you take that comfort food away, they get mad. So, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. You know, um, I don't know if I had a real point. There okay, that's fine. So, I'll, so Steve, I'll start with the next question I have. And this, this will start another, this is going to pull the pen on a big grenade for all of us. So you ready for this? Um, I'm ready. Yeah. So Marvel's phase five, uh, and, uh, what's been going on with it. And then triggered the, uh, boom. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's like that meme of that kid, that that curly haired blonde kid that is like he's just like you just see him like intensely looking with like the veins in his neck. That's that's the image I have right now, right? Uh, phase five. Uh, there's a Kang sized hole left right now in Phase five. So, Steve, where where do you think we're fa- with Phase five and like what do you think Marvel? The, what do you think should happen next? I mean, you were the one that saw the Marvels in the theater. I had not gotten to it because I'm a man and I don't like supporting women. So, um, I'm kidding. Um, but you saw that. So, and I know Terry, you have watched a lot of the Marvel stuff up until recent. And I know Nathaniel, you've seen a, a great deal of it as well. But Steve, yeah, uh, Jonathan Majors uh, was found guilty of some of some things in terms of assault. Marvel dropped him. He was supposed to be the anchor uh, for Phase Five as Kang. Uh, that's not happening now. So, where 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 are we at? What do you think? Um, well, I know. I know a lot of people are, Oh, I'm sorry. Were you asking me? Yeah. I'm putting with you to start. Yes, please. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think in terms of like villains, I think everybody's looking in one direction right now as to who it should be. And, you know, it's somebody that they haven't gotten properly introduced in the MCU and that'd be Dr. Doom. He's, he's the most logical. I, I totally get that thinking. I don't know if they're ready to spring that trap, considering that if we introduce Doom, you've got to then figure out where your Fantastic Four is. And I know they've shifted movie dates around now. They don't have anything coming out next year except for Deadpool 3. Mm -hmm. So I don't know specifically how they're going to layer in a new villain, particularly with 
films like the Thunderbolts, which sounds like it's a team movie, which is great, but they're all villains. So a little bit of Suicide Squad, I guess. I guess I shouldn't say they're all villains, but you know what I mean. Um, they're 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 not. Uh, these aren't your daddy superheroes. I don't know what that meant. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I don't know what the villain was going to be for that, you know, and I, I feel like however they however they figure out their their X-Men and their Fantastic Four problem is going to have to tie into whatever it is that's this phase five is becoming. And, you know, I'm I got to admit, like, I'm just stumped. I can't think of somebody better than Dr. Doom to make your villain. But that means that you also have to introduce the Fantastic Four to some extent and acknowledge them existing in the MCU. So that's fair. I mean, um, so, so Terry, where, where do you think? Like, I mean, I know you've been you I, credit to you this year. You've talked about how you have done like the Lord's work of watching. You caught up on all the Netflix Marvel shows. And I meant to you're a, like you are much more. um uh, gung ho. I, as much as I love all the Marvel output, I kind of dropped off after the defenders, but you watched all of it. So you, I think you're, you're, I think you're almost the most up to date of all of us in a lot of ways. I, I think the interesting thing about phase five is that it, it seems to be more reliant on the people that don't understand the universe. So it works really well for me. Um, so I've, I've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum, uh, Quantumania, and I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But the world the world building is already there. So I'm kind of like, I understand what they're trying to, it's, it's difficult. It is sometimes to figure out what's going on. Um, I see it. And I'm actually discovering all this with my wife as well. So that that's a lot of fun as well. Um there is so much world building in such a small amount of time that they're trying to do. I think it's a little difficult to digest, but like I'm all game and I'm just hoping that it gets a little bit more palatable. Like with everything that comes after this. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that they've even said that maybe doing like a lot of TV or a lot of like assumption of like, you're going to like every MCU person that loves the stuff is going to watch all the TV to get ready for a movie. I think that's admitting that like, maybe that they went a little too far in the other direction. I agree with that. But Nathaniel, you were saying something in between our breaks here that no one's, no one's ever going to hear because it was seamlessly editing going on here. Um, that you're at a little different spot with how radio you magic, radio magic, right? Uh, Vincent Price's egg magic is what it is. Um, like, tell us where you're kind of at with the MCU. Uh, well, I mean, uh, like I said, in between, um, uh, I kind of checked out after she Hulk. Um, I have seen quantum meeting. I did see gardens of galaxy three, uh, but I haven't seen Loki. I haven't seen, um, uh, secret invasion, um, which I guess I, I wasn't missing much from what I understand, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think that, um, and I did watch like, uh, I watched like an episode of Ms. Marvel and I kind of dropped it because I was like, I can't do the Marvel style anymore. Like it's just too familiar now. Like it just doesn't interest me, um, that in a way that it didn't used to be like that. But I think that the homogenization of the MCU is, is a bigger issue than, than, um, uh, the Kang problem like there was already that problem has existed for years now um, not that I'm I, I'm not on the team of um, 
there's a lot of people out there going to be calling for the death of the superhero movie. And I'm like, I like them fine. Uh, I just think that we've gone to, I think it was as my, uh, my podcast partner, Sam Ayo had said, uh, the, the phrase shared universe exhausts me. And, um, so we're seeing that across the board with so many things Mm -hmm. that, uh, Marvel is, is sort of the only time that's ever really been successful. Um, but what we've seen is that it has descended into nothing more than a shared universe. There's no real interesting stories happening in these individual projects. Um, as far as Jonathan Majors and the Kang problem, um, I, I actually disagree with Steve um, when he said that Doctor Doom was the most logical choice. I think that's mostly fan wank uh, because Doctor Doom was uh, entrenched in like Jonathan Hickman's secret wars story uh that was more that was a big doom story but it was also the culmination of like 40 or 50 years worth of reed richards versus dr doom stories um i think the most logical choice as far as replacing kang is just replacing jonathan majors um you know we there's precedent for it anyway i mean terrence howard uh in the first marvel movie ever uh next time we saw him yeah, next time we saw him, it was Don Cheadle, and that didn't involve any sort of multiverse shenanigans. Uh, you can just as easily say, all oh, the Kangs you've seen, just kidding, those Kangs you saw so far were just the the lesser Kangs. The real Kang is from Earth 4891274, and he looks like Michael B. Jordan. Um, you know, it's like you can you can just do whatever you want, particularly with Kang, because he's across the multiverse. Um, so is that is that a is that a choice because you feel like the character is so strong, and that's the way they should go, or is it because you were like, oh, I don't think they should sidestep this? Because the one thing they, I will say is is that they've left themselves a pretty good opening with Loki as to why they wouldn't go that route. So that's oh, that's well, why I'm curious. If it's a, yeah, we're not going to like, like Steve and I won't speak in specifics, but they they it it, it it's an out. Yeah, okay. it's it's a it's a pretty effective. We could leave. I think it, we I could had leave read that somewhere that they were kind of like that. Uh, one of the takes on the end of Loki was Marvel's probably going to fire Jonathan Majors, so they uh, they kind of gave themselves a way out. Um, but I would say that what the, what I have seen of Kang so far was like, well, you already laid groundwork um, that it would. And when they talk about rewriting and all that, I'm like, if you're rewriting just because of Jonathan Majors. As Terry said earlier, I can do it faster and cheaper um, because I just wrote it. Like it's like okay, the real Kang is from this other world, and it just is not Jonathan. Well, and also considering that, from what we understand, that Deadpool three is going to be dealing with the TVA, the the Time Variance Authority, and like yeah, uh, and everything else, and it's all been leaked online. Yeah, so it's like like, it's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, yeah, but no, you're right. Yeah, the the multiverse contains multitudes. You can literally do anything you want with it. Um, and considering that there is already precedent that you can literally just also replace the actor and nobody will really give a shit. Um, you know, it's, uh, how many Batmans have there been? How many Batmans are we going to have at the same time in the coming future? Again, like as a novice, again, like somebody who isn't really invested in the comics themselves, what would be more interesting to you gentlemen as a, a through line to all of this, would it be Doctor Doom or would it be Kang? 
Oh, the more like, interesting character is Doom far and away. Doctor Doom is one of the most intriguing and interesting characters in comic book history. Yeah, but Doctor I want to ramp up. Like, I'm not saying Thanos was handled perfectly all throughout, but at least when we got to, you know, uh, uh, you know, Infinity War. We like, got a good Thanos. Yeah, I mean, eventually. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, um, so, like. And theatrically, yeah. would that do better for you? Like, I guess that would be the second part of that question. It would depend on whether or not they could write it well. Yeah, and I because think that's I know, what Steve is getting at, that yeah. the hard thing to do would be this character has a lot of baggage from the word go that unless you are going to start setting him up for a few years or at yeah. least a couple of movies, um, throwing him in there is uh, especially for, say, someone like you, Terry, who's maybe not as familiar with the character. When you're sitting in a movie theater at the next Marvel movie and the post credit scene is, and now here's Dr. Doom, you, everybody, a lot of people in the audience are going to be really pumped. Like, mic drop, yeah. Like, like But oh you were going to be like, I don't care. Well, it was um, like at the end of the well, first I Avengers would. film, right? I, I, I already yeah. know. I, I, surface level for me. Um, yeah. yeah, I I know enough about Doctor Doom that it'd be it would be just fine for me. Right, <laughs> but I mean, like I I mean by the people that maybe aren't familiar, uh, to drop that guy in there, um, you know, it, they do it at the end of every Marvel movie now. Is like I think was the Eternals at the end. They're like, and here's Star Fox, and like, and there were people in the audience who were like, okay, cool, Star Fox, and then there were a whole bunch of people like, fucking Star Fox. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> um, who cares well, about you also get, well, you get the other um, uh, stinger at the towards the, the troll end. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, oh. I, I like that. that, that I like that. The, the, the Eternals bigger, where the bigger drop because yeah. at least it's Patton yeah. Oswalt. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say Patton Oswalt started as himself at the the Eternals. You can't convince me otherwise. But anyway, no. I yeah. just um, no. I just like I just think that like I think you're right, and I agree with Steve. Like I think Steve's right in the sense that Doom is that character, right? Like um, like he, but you need to ramp up to him and actually give him that Thanos level quality. And to throw Thanos. Doom into into multiverse stuff at this stage, uh, you know, uh, I argue, I still think that Thanos was done too early. I think that the first wave really should have been somebody like Doom, where you keep it grounded to Earth, where you have superheroes doing superhero stuff. Then you move into outer space. Then you move into the multiverse. Then you move to time travel. Um, you know, and so, but to throw Doom in there without any grounded reality of who that guy is to throw him into the multiverse i, I mean I, I can't even imagine you have to do a whole movie of background yeah of how he's running around in the multiverse it's like you know oh well now i'm at the heart of this major universal conflict uh multiversal conflict the fabric of reality itself and be like well who is this guy um, how did he get Warner, here? Warner Brothers would have done that really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they just would have. Oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, it also well, I mean, kind of stinks like, that Sony Flash, right? that, that, that Sony yeah. has like they have their grasp over like the associated Spider-Man villains because there's a lot of there's a lot of cool people there that you could have brought in to be like some bigger bigger players, right? But like, mm -hmm. um, I also think that maybe I mean, since we're dealing with the multiverse, I don't know why you couldn't try to like uh, bring back uh, like Red Skull. Like that'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, recast, recast Kang, like, because it's like, I think because the, the whole tease from what I understand was supposed to be that possibly Moon Knight season two was going to be dealing with, uh, what was it? Uh, Raman Tut or whatever, like, um, you know, that Kang. Tut, yeah. yeah. And then also like, uh, Shang, Shang-Chi, the second one was supposed to be dealing with another variant. If we could see different elements of like, like, Oh, this guy's a handful, but also like he's I'm, infinite. I'm ready for both those worlds too. Just so you know, like, like let's go. Yeah. I just, I think that the fact it's like, Oh, I put down this threat 
and it's like, this is the same type of threat, but like, but he's infinite, you know, like, how do you deal with that? I think that could be interesting. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I think that like they, they hitched their wagon early. They announced that they've been chasing that hive of end game forever sense. Right. And rightfully so, because in infinity war in game is a great set of films. I like as much as you talk about the Marvel style, whatever, like those, like that is a wonderful capstone to what, what was it? Uh, how many, like over 10 plus years of films at that point. So we'll see. Um, it, I guess it's a better problem to have than, um, than DC every like, Hey, guess what? Every five years, we're going to fall on our keys and hope for the best every single time. Like, yeah. sorry, Steve, I know you love DC, but it's like, it just always feels like it's, it's just always like, Hey everybody, we got a great idea. What? We're just going to like fast forward everything and make Superman an asshole. That'll well, do we, well, right? We, we may, we may talk about DC here soon. So like okay. save that for a different part of the discussion. Okay. Paul, so, come anyway, on. Yeah. Relax. I, so, I, I would yeah. say my last, my last statement on the, on the doom thing, uh, bringing in doom, I would actually be okay with it. If, and hear me out, someone's going to object, but I think that if you were to bring back the Julian McMahon Dune, um, as part of the multiversal, uh, shenanigans and have him be, uh, kind of like stepping up, at least he'd have the background and it would have a reason to be involved in the multiverse. But I think that my, my, when they first said Secret Wars, I was like, well, the, the no brainer would be. Uh, you have the Fox universe versus the MCU. And then when you break the multiverse and you bring it back, you say, okay, now you have Deadpool, like address the audience and say, okay, both <laughs> these worlds are now merged canonically, uh, but you might see different people and you're done. Are you, are, are you talking about the dude from Nip Tuck? Yeah, he was Doom in the two Fantastic Four films that Fox put out. Yeah, yeah that's Nip Tuck. Yeah, yeah. That okay. dude, uh, like, yeah he's a, uh, he's, uh, oh my God, because, like I like Nip Tuck better than uh, I <laughs> thought you were referring to the guy who was uh, Doom in the Corman version. You know? <laughs> uh, not him, and not uh, not the one from uh, Josh Trank's. Oh. Um, yeah, so the know, guy from uh, Nip Tuck is like getting at getting at like getting yeah. at. I just you know if I if what? I had my druthers and I could read Dude, recast. Like, Watch Nip Tuck, so yeah. you'll know. You'll know if, what I'm if, talking if, about. If if you could All take right. an existing actor that played a previous role in a Fox film and then bring him into a Marvel film, which I know we we've seen that a couple times, right? Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. If you could bring like like Mackle, Mackle, Michael Fassbender and his Doom Ma- as Macklemore, bring him as Doom. As much mm-hmm. as I love his his Magneto, bring him as Doom. I would just be over the goddamn moon about that. I would. Oh, love, he'd be yeah. a great Doom yeah. for sure. Um, but my my point was less to do with the actor himself and more to do with uh, you can bring in a version of Doctor Doom that already exists yeah. in some form of canon, um, and you would then also have the the uh, open window that he just is part of this because he's in that world already. That's right. You know? Um, and so I think that could work. And I, I kind of thought in my head, that's the way I would have written. It would be, you know, you have the two worlds fighting and off to the side, you get Julian McMahon, Loki and Dr. Strange go off to try and solve the real problem. End of that movie. Then you get the battle world movie where doom is God King of reality and you could make that all make sense, but you have to lean on Ian Mc, uh, uh, Ian McGuff, McGruffin, what's his name? Ian, uh, the guy who played him in the Fox ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah who was actually a pretty good Reed Richards. But, oh, Ian um, Guilford, you're talking McGuffin. about? Yeah, Guilford. 
Yeah, what's his name? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. No, but the guy yeah. played Reed Richards was uh, Ian uh, Guilford, right? I, I think I know you're like, talking about. Yeah, you know, something. No, it's, it's a McGuffin. McGraw or McGroven. Yeah, Ian McGuffin, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just said that, and I can't speak English that well either. So. <laughs> Terry, just so you know. I, Terry, I love that English is your first language, but also the one you know, that you have a lot of difficulty with. I, so I like, I, no, actually, I think it's even better that I just pronounce a name that you mispronounced multiple times during this. And on our podcast, you're the one that's picking up the pace for me. Fair so, enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, any other thoughts about uh, Ian Griffith? Ian Griffith. Okay, sure. His name is Griffith. Ian Griffithor. Ian yeah, Griffith. Griff, 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 stop it right now. Get out of here. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, any other? I, I will. I will snap this and send it to the group right now. Okay, damn it. great. Um, any other thoughts about Marvel Phase Five before we move on to the next question? Because I know, Terry, you had some DC thoughts. I don't know what you were about to get into. You, you can lead that. So you've been consuming all sorts of superhero no, movies. Well, I, I think that is more conducive to what we've been watching recently. So okay. like, let's go along the lines of what you've already placed in the um, okay. talk. So I have a surprise question, Steve. This is for you. Oh, for surprise. This? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, 2023, the year in horror. Steve, uh, your favorite film was Skin and Marink. Respond. <laughs> uh that was not my favorite movie of the year um I'll, was, I'll that, say that, was that last year or this year? no it was this year yeah that was this year it was officially released i think this, i'm still watching it from what i can tell um, you're still watching it right now <laughs> right now i'm still watching it looking at shadows Steve, but uh, i like i like i thought skin and marink was a a Work of absolute genius, but okay, I get why I get why people don't dig it. But it is that it was in terms of composition and and DIY filmmaking, and uh, in general, just a, uh, a a terrifying film. But I get it, I get it. I know it's dull, but I get it. Steve, grab that butter knife. What are, put it in your thigh. <laughs> just put it in your thigh what? right now, Steve. Grab that butter knife. It's, it's <laughs> Well, no, and I said you like you uh, like uh, uh, that film. Like I, I brought this up purposely just to make Steve laugh because, like, I was like, we should watch Skidamarink for the show, and then it was like, and we both started recording. I'm just like, this is not going to go well. Like it was. <laughs> I things. get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we have one of our friends uh, that uh, uh, James who uh, is here that I, I uh, he evidently he suffered from like sleep paralysis and stuff. So he's like, this film like spoke to me and I'm like, yeah, it put me to sleep, you know, like, uh, and dude, he was edging every time he was talking to me. He's like, dude, this movie. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, and I, so I like, it's one of those things. It's it. like, you just know if you, if you want to like, if you want to get somebody wound up within three seconds, just mention skin and ring around him and he just fires off. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's good. Like, I think films being divisive, isn't a bad thing. Right. But it's like, not at all. Yeah. For whatever reason, like I just, you ever, you ever have one of those movies where you just keep waiting for something to happen. And so you get it in your own head, like something's going to happen. Oh, then, I get it. I, I, like I said, I think the movie is brilliant, but I mean, I do admit I nearly fell asleep watching it. I mean, like it is, it is uh, the slowest of slow burns. Is so, it like I mean, that? Is it like those lo-fi beats to study to like that image of the girl, the, the, the school girl with the cat, like you just hear music. It's like, is that skin memory where it's like lo-fi horror to fall asleep to? <laughs> is that what the film is? Um, I just, I, I kept like, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. 
you know, and it's like, and I'm not saying that's fair. And I'm, and I'm not saying that like any, any film and people making a film, right. They don't owe me my expectation. Right. I, also true. I, I, I agree with that. However, I do think that there is kind of a common agreement that if you're going to spend your time, that there should be like, a, I, I don't know. Like they're, they're like, I understand. It's like, if, if you, if, if I saw, I'll give the example, uh, and this is more for Terry and Steve. If I saw this at the Cleveland Cinematheque and understood this was more going to be more of like an art film, I'd probably been like, oh yeah, see what they're trying to do. But it's like, nah, I'm going to watch this on shutter and be like, I need to have the piss scare out of me. And I'm just like, no, like, I don't know. Like it was one of those things I gave it every opportunity with the lights off headphones on just trying to focus up and I was unnerved for the first half, but then it's like, and then it was just like, okay, well what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I understand like the dream white quality of it. Um, but it was like a very challenging film for me. That's not a bad thing. It just, it left me flat. And I just, I was basically just wanted to bring up skin and roaring for Steve to laugh at, not laugh at, but like, to talk about it again. Cause Steve was very it's frustrated with the film as well. That's, That's all. I, and again, yeah. Nathaniel, you, I'm not like, I'm not going to be like, you're wrong. I, that is not my intent with the statement. Right. Cause like, I, no, I, like, I could appreciate yeah. all of that. Right. But it's like, and it's all, it's one of those things that I think Terry and I just talked about this on our last episode, strange highways that we mentioned uh Kubrick where it's like, people are over the moon for him. And it's like, I could appreciate the technical like perfection, but he yeah. leaves me cold. And I get that too. In yeah. a lot of ways where it's like, I was like, I could appreciate the art. That doesn't mean I love it. You My know? favorite and, filmmaker is David Lynch. And if you, if I say that to somebody, they either are like, Oh yeah, I love David Lynch or, Oh really? Like, uh, because it's, again, he's another, it's, it's art is, is so subjective in that way. You have a filmmaker who is literally trying to make art. Uh, and he doesn't, or they don't care if you like it or not. Um, you know, there, that's going to be divisive. There are going to be people who are going to be like, I don't like that. I mean, like I've met so many people that can't stand David Lynch and I'm like, but he's my favorite. But, uh, so, I mean, I get it. I totally get it. And same thing with Kubrick, you know, Kubrick is, uh, I have complicated feelings about Kubrick, but, um, but no, he's a great example of another filmmaker who's, I just watched poor things last night. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, um, not for everybody. Uh, for sure. Um, his work is so strange that there are people that love it. There are people that are like, I don't get it. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just when, when someone is a dick about it, that's when it becomes something wrong with it. But, um, and I don't think you guys are like that with skin and marink, but I mean, I, uh, there are people that are though. That, that's uh, fair. No, like, you know. and I think our conversation, we tried to have like, like an actual reasoned conversation about it. Um, however, there are times like my, I, I, to, to, to the right of where I live, there is, uh, my neighbors that have a very, like he has, they have like a three-year-old and he, and he has one of those cars, like the little red car with the yellow roof that has like the eyes, like the headlights for like eyes for headlights. You know, I'm talking about like a little plastic car, but everybody had this car growing up, right? Yeah. It's tipped over on its side right now. I want to take a photo of it in the snow and send it to my buddy and be like, skin him a rink. Like, I just want to send him <laughs> this thing, <laughs> image of that tip, like, like something to be like that's the sequel that's a snow snow marink or whatever just to frustrate him but i'm not gonna do it <laughs> you know like i um but yeah anyway so steve was there any any movie new movies this year horror wise that you enjoyed and i want to put that i'll put that to the other the other guys here too you know i gotta be honest i don't 
I don't know that I have a favorite horror movie from this year, and it's not really from a lack of movies being out there or there being quality. Um, but uh, getting personal to you guys, you guys know I took a break from the show for a little while, and we've moved to a new, um, you know, format of just a once a month show. Um, but my life has kind of been a horror show uh, the last uh, eight or nine months. So uh, I, I think instead of going out and embracing and, and finding new horrors, I, I went with a lot more comfort foods. So I don't have anything. I mean, I have a pick for my favorite movie of the year. But okay, like, we'll talk about that in a second. Fair enough. Yeah, that's completely. I, I, I feel bad though because you know I'm I'm supposed to be the horror guy and I don't have a well, uh, recommendation. Well, the good news is we have Terry, who's a horror guy. But like, I, I will well, say, I was for, just yeah. going to ask you how many times did you watch uh, a Friday the Thirteenth Part Four? So. Um, <laughs> yeah, Steve. Um, I mean, I've I've definitely watched it more than twice this year. Yeah. So. Uh, no, like I, I, I looked at my letterbox. The only like new horror film I watched this year was uh, Evil Dead Rise. Um, okay. And I dug it. I liked Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, I, liked I thought that, that was solid. Lot, yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm in the minority that I did not like the Alvarez Evil Dead film. That movie makes me so goddamn mad. Like it makes me want to. Yeah, I saw that and I was kind of confused by it because I was like, "That one's actually pretty good." But uh, I yeah. was like, "Okay, sure." But I guess I guess yeah, it's I my skin and rag. I agree with you, Nathaniel. <laughs> so, like together, we're getting stronger. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I kind of prefer it to the. I, I think I prefer the the Alvarez and the and Evil Dead Rise. I think to the original trilogy, which I know is is sort of sacrilegious for a horror yeah, podcaster yeah. but i'm like i i well I which trilogy horror... he's talking about the first three evil dead films i know yeah. i was making a joke oh okay but no um i i i just think i i enjoyed the more um the more serious tone i think um i i obviously i dig the bruce campbell stuff but uh but yeah i kind of actually really really enjoy uh alvarez and the um and evil dead rise uh for their more uh, balls to the wall, uh, approach, but that's but fair. Yeah. I mean, I, but I did like evil dead rise is what I'm saying. I thought as a quote unquote requel legacy sequel, whatever, I thought it was solid. Um, so oh, yeah. I, did, I, I, did, I did dig it. So Terry, uh, you, 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 the, you are now the horror. Well, and Nathaniel is also the horror guy, but Terry, like anything new this year that, that you don't. Uh, well, yeah. So like, um, so <laughs> It, it, it kind of it, it seems fun because the the uh, the way I um, rated my films from this year of all the new stuff the things from this year it goes Renfield Meg Two Evil Dead Rise and The Killer so I think those are all pretty horror related so like I I I I I, I looked at this year as pretty a pretty good year for horror. Like I like Renfield was I, by no means is it like a classic. No one's going to be like looking back at this like thank God they released that film. <laughs> but it was so, <laughs> I had so much fun with that film that I'm like, for God's sake, everyone's like, well, let's just have some fun with movies now, even if there are popcorn films. The first three that I just listed off, those are popcorn films, and they have monsters you know like come on let's just have fun with monsters again i thought the meg 2 was a documentary did you all right <laughs> <laughs> has anybody seen godzilla minus one not yet 
And not yet. That, I want to. That, yeah. that, there, there is a, a true reason why that is not on this list because I've heard nothing but good things about it. My sister-in-law said it brought her to tears multiple times, and she's not a Godzilla person. So I'm like, oh, wow. all right, well, I have to watch this then. Yeah, everything that I keep seeing online is calling it amazing. And uh, I'm currently watching Monarch, which is the Kurt Russell show. You bastard. Um, <laughs> is it what? good? Is Monarch I solid? Watch, I need to watch it. Yeah. I'm just waiting for that free trial time. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I won't I'm spoil anything, but I mean, uh, it's, it's yeah. really well done. It's, it's Terry, if you want to come over and hold hands and watch Monarch, we can do that. That's fine. Or if you just want to come over and hold hands, we can do that too regardless. But we could watch Monarch. <laughs> Watching. But watching Monarch without holding hands is not a. Uh, it's not an option. Well, I, I feel like yeah. we would not be um, honoring the spirit of Mothra if we didn't hold hands while watching Monarch. You know, like that's fair. That's Dude, fair. Yeah. I love kaiju films and that. So like, oh, I'm so I'm so excited. Like, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so excited about watching this because everything I've watched so far. And like all the like the little trailers of Monarch, I'm like, this looks so amazing, and it has Kurt Russell, like, and John Goodman, like, let's go, man, like, oh, anyways, um, but yeah, horror, like the horror that I've watched this year, like Renfield just was, I, I thought it was so much fun. I've heard it's a and lot of fun. Nick, I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah, that's and Nicholas yeah. Cage is so Nicholas Cage, like it's like, it, like if anybody has enjoyed any of the things that he's done in the last like four years, you're going to dig it. Uh, Meg two. I watched last night cause I couldn't sleep because of uh, insomnia. Um, yeah, that, that is a lot of fun too. Like I, I like it, for a popcorn film. It really is a lot of fun. Like I don't care what well, anybody the, the, does. I, the, I don't think you have to quantify a film by being popcorn, right? Like, like the films can be just fun. Like what well, we, like, yeah. well, I'm like giant, giant shark. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, no, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Like to be like, well, I want to be entertained. Like I went to the theater to watch cocaine bear. Um, I was mildly entertained. I saw cocaine bear. Yeah. Yeah. I saw cocaine bear too. It was on my list this year. Um, it's no grizzly, but like it it didn't make its way into the top five, but yeah, but like something like the killer, like that's still kind of tangentially horror as well. I need to see that. Um, That's the Fassbender Fincher film, right? Yep. Yeah. So, like, if anybody's interested in either one of them, uh, please check it out. Uh, if you like the Smiths, check it out. So, I'll just leave it there. Okay. So, Nathaniel, you're the one that has the most access to recently released movies because of your job. Uh, like, where are you at with horror this year? What do you what, like? What What was the film for you? Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of looking at my letterbox right now just to try to figure that out and realizing most of the horror I watched this year, I didn't particularly care for. Um, so, uh, it probably, you know, (laughs) yeah, I, um, I would probably would end up saying evil dead rise is my favorite horror film of the year. Um, to a lesser extent, I really liked, um, uh, haunted mansion. Um, which is, uh, which I had a lot of fun with. It's a, a kind of a fun, goofy, uh, kid oriented film, but it is, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, and I had a really good time with it, but yeah, I probably would say, um, it's a low bar. Uh, but my, I think my favorite horror film that I saw this year was, uh, uh, evil dead rise. Okay. I also um, like, I appreciate that a 24 is kind of taking the mantle 
of like still like heralding like them and monkey paw, right? They're, they're the ones out there, like making sure mm-hmm. that we still get some interesting, engaging films, whether, you know, whether or not like I, I, there was a lot there's of hype. neon too. And yeah, yeah. Neon. Yeah, you're right. But, yeah. Uh, like, so there, there's plenty there that I've not gotten to. I've heard uh, nothing but great things about what talked to me. I've heard that's supposed to be amazing. So I didn't, uh, yeah, we didn't get it at the theater, so I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, but I, I've, I've also heard the same. Apparently it's supposed to be really good. But I haven't seen it. Okay. So, um, all right. So then we'll, we'll pivot to, before we talk about our favorite, like the film that we watched in 2023, that was the first time released for 2023. Um, Steve, uh, you had a question here. Uh, I, I, I will be twofold. So I'm going to say, what was your favorite first time watch regardless of year? And then the thing you're looking forward to the most next year, that was, that's not a movie. That was a question you had in the list. I think it's a good question. So I'm gonna put it on you. Okay. Um, so I'll go with the first part or the, I'm sorry, the second part where, uh, what am I looking forward to next year? That's not a movie. Um, there's a couple of things, but I think, uh, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most right now is, uh, they, okay. This is going to get a little nerdy. So have you guys heard of the artist editions that IDW pulls, puts out, do you guys know them? Uh, they take, comic book artwork and they reproduce it at the actual size that it was done at and they release it as a giant book and you guys oh, yeah, I think I heard about that yeah. you've talked about this yeah, before I've, on I've, the yeah, show you, yeah. you've talked about it at great lengths okay yeah, yeah. Um, next year they're releasing a version of um, the Batman Year One story by David Mazzucchelli and, well written by Frank Miller but drawn by David Mazzucchelli um, and it's going to be reprinted at the original size. And what I love about these books is, is they, they really are as close as you're going to get to holding the actual artwork um, without actually getting to hold the artwork. Like it's they're spot on recreations. I shouldn't say recreations, just um, copies of uh, the original pages. And, you know, they'll leave in like if somebody spilled coffee on the page at some point, they'll leave it in. If somebody drew a little something in the corner, they leave it in. Like it's, it's a really cool way to put out a book. So I think that's that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to. One of the other things I'm looking forward to is uh, I overpaid for Metallica tickets next summer, but I don't care. Next August, I'll be in Chicago to see them for two days. So um, looking forward to that. And um, I'm sure there are other things that I could think of when I come back to you, uh, when you come back to me. But those two things are what stick out to me right off the top of my head. And then the the other question was, what movie that I watched that wasn't from 2023? Is that yeah, correct? Like just your favorite first time watch, but not from this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to think on that because I don't have an answer right away, and that's what's well, the favorite from 2023? Oh, what's my favorite from 2023? It's not a it's yeah. not a movie that's gonna change worlds or, you know. Uh, Actually, it's not going to change anything. But um, the Flash, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it changes everything. It does. You know, yes, it, it owes it owes a lot of its uh, its appeal to the Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales movies. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the um, next mutation? No, not next mutation. Uh, mutant Mayhem. I think mutant it's mayhem. mutant mayhem was a ridiculous amount of fun, and for yeah. me to sit down and get to like feel like i'm 15 or you know like a kid again watching those movies like 
it was such a great great thing and i i i love the fact that they really felt like teenagers and like they weren't like teenagers that were written 30 years ago either and i i just i really loved the the story the 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 animation was beautiful um it's hard to top i just I'm ranking it by how much fun I had, and I think that was the most fun I had watching a movie this year. I I really dug that movie, so I'm with you on that. I think that's fair. I'm, I've been meaning to get to it. I've been bad. As, as much as the, the Turtles were like my thing growing up, and I'm like, I should watch that. I know it's on Paramount Plus. I just haven't gotten to it yet, so I'm a bad uh, turtle turtle watcher. I like Turtles. I guess not enough. So, <laughs> um, so Terry, uh, what was your favorite first time watch and then your favorite thing from... Uh, the 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 thing you're looking forward to. Sorry, I guess it's three questions. One uh, favorite first time watch thing you're looking forward to next year, and then if you want to throw your favorite film you saw this year from well, 2023. I don't know. I, re- I really can't answer the question about like um, what I want to see next year because like I I mean there's so much material just waiting in the wings because of that writer strike. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I mean I guess I'm I'm excited about. Um, the the last season of what we do in the shadows um as far as like what i enjoyed out of this year i mean there were so many like fun films but i guess i really had a lot of fun with indiana jones and the dial of destiny um as much as everybody shat on it it was the fifth on my list of films that I enjoyed out of this year. I watched a lot of films that were released this year. And that was the fifth out of like that list. But mm. like it was so it was so much fun. It felt like we were getting a real Indiana Jones film again. You know? I agree. But I, I, yeah. Was, yeah. I just watched it a couple weeks ago and I had a lot of fun with it too. Yeah, I yeah. saw it in the theater. I loved it. So Yeah, I, I mean like I don't, you know, it's just people like to like get up in arms and like, oh, God, like it's not the same. It's like it's never going to be the same. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> I mean, there was a time when Temple of Doom came out. Everyone's like, well, this film's shit, you know, so like calm down, you know, like just. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like so like kind of give like reference again, like, like it's Renfield, Meg 2, Evil Dead Rise, The Killer and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Death destiny those were my five favorites of this year and i watched uh i think it was like 17 films this year that were released so i'm like it was a good year it it was better uh as far as watching than last year because i actually was a little bit more engaged this year so um i don't know if that answers the question but as far as like my engagement with this year, I, I just really wanted to pay attention to the like what was being released. And I was trying to be a little bit more present when it came to the shows and such. And so, yeah, we already talked about the shows as well. So there you go. Fair enough. And Nathaniel, those, those three things. Uh, I think uh, as far as what I'm most excited for, I mean, I'm not sure. Um I, uh, I just in generally, uh, am just kind of rolling with, with things. Um, so <clears throat> I'm not sure on that. Um, as far as favorite, uh, first time watch this year, uh, just looking at my letterbox and, uh, I was kind of like going to say, well, yeah, 
Uh, I actually watched a bunch of franchises this year that many of which took me that for the first time that took me by surprise. Um, uh, I saw the John Wicks this year. Mm-hmm. I saw the Hunger Games this year, and I saw the Mission Impossibles this year, and um, all of them uh, kind of pleasantly surprised me. Um, I was not expecting much from any of it, and um, found a, a, a few really fun films in there. Um, that I uh, I didn't would normally have I, I must have I, I think I just watched them because I was suddenly like you know what, I'm gonna watch this let's do it um, and it, because I had been kind of avoiding them for a long time I didn't care I didn't want to see them um, but I ended up really enjoying all three uh, they all have their ups and downs but uh, so those would come to mind immediately as uh, as fun watches this year what was your favorite um, of the mission impossible ones i'm just curious because i know steve is a big uh, tom cruise fan my so favorite up. was um uh rogue nation i think that's uh, solid that one i yeah yeah i think i liked that one the most I just, like, um after after three three was okay but like somehow it got like consistently better and better right like i don't know what it was about or not better and better but like somehow why did it take four films in that franchise uh, to get to like this, like different level. I ghost protocol is my favorite of all of them, but the fact okay. that that was a McQuarrie directed everything past that. And they've all been awesome. Like I've not seen, um, the new one yet. I've not seen dead reckoning, but I've, it's actually, a, again, a surprising amount of fun. I, yeah. I ended up liking that movie, uh, having not seen the others. I yeah. watched them, I think after, uh, I don't know. I did watch them right before. Cause that's why I watched them was the, I was going to watch the new one. Um, I, um, it's good. It's actually a lot of fun. I mean, it's incomplete cause it's part one, but it, yeah. um, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time with it. Um, I did like Indiana Jones. Um, I did like that one. Uh, I was going to say also, uh, I mean, I just watched, uh, poor things. I think that was a, a great movie, but, uh, I think probably my favorite film of 2023, as far as like the best film made this year that I saw was uh barbie um barbie is very good and Man, you're it, so woke <laughs> right no it's really it's it was i was i'm so joking so no, no. i know but i only Don't watched that movie i only watched that movie because my staff really wanted to see it and i ended up i think liking it more than any of them and they're all like half my age or younger that I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie and kind of like whatever. And then I ended up just really being kind of into it and it moved me. It made me laugh. I, um, you know, it's, there's a reason why it's become, I think as iconic as it has this, this quickly, um, that I think it probably is the best film, um, I saw this year. Um, and I'm looking at my, you know, Motorbox and realizing again, like a lot of movies that released this year that I really didn't think much of. Um, but there were some good ones. Megan was released this year. That's that was a lot of fun. The, that was fun. That was good. I liked that one. Uh, Babylon. Um, I, a, a lot of people hated that movie, but I kind of dug it. But I think that actually was released um, in December, I think, of well, last it, it year. It might have been like an awards bait, but you're talking about general release. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I uh, like Steve said. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that was a great fun, um, and um, same thing with um, uh, Across the Spider Verse, which probably my second favorite of the year uh, in terms of 
objectively, I think that Across the Spider Verse is just a uh, was just an amazing film. Um, but yeah, those are I guess those would be my answers. But I mean, okay. yeah, the the uh, the upcropping of of like franchises that I watched expecting nothing and ending up um, really enjoying um, was probably the highlight as far as watching things at home. Fair enough. So I, um, so I'll say for myself, just a shout out what I'm looking forward to next year. Like it would be the next season of the boys. Cause Gen V was awesome. People should check that out. If you've not watched Gen V or if like, meaning that's the spinoff from the boys. If people have not watched the boys, I'd recommend watching that series. I think it's great. Um, it is, a, it's a rough ride, but I, I, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. It's like me watching uh, porno in my other room without my wife. Cause I'm like, I, can't watch this because it has so much violence and so much gore. And wait, she doesn't wait, like how much, any of that. What kind of porn, porn do you watch that's just violence and like whatever? Like what's going on? Well, right. Do you watch? Do you watch like um? What do you do? You watch like eight millimeter, and you're like, "This is the sexiest movie I've ever seen in my life." Is that what happened? I'm kidding. Oh, so you get out of here right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I the boys is a great show. Um, yeah, really it, well but done. there was like so much gore involved in like yeah. Well, God, well, like, I can't watch. Yeah. Well, good, good luck watching Gen V because the first 15 minutes of that is uh, like I, I was watching it. And I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> anyway, um, great. I can't wait for the boys uh, season four to come out. Um, I, I'll, I'll recommend that. Uh, if Severance season two comes in 2024, that'd be amazing. We don't know what's going to happen there. We'll see. Um, I, and, but also, too, real quick, this is something that came out this year and I've been championing it. And it's a hard sell for maybe the three of you, but please, 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 please. Netflix has Scott Pilgrim takes off. Watch the no. goddamn thing. Watch it. Like I can't, no. I don't want it. To... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Just, I, I don't want to tell you why. Just watch it. It's on my list. <sighs> Just I, I don't want to very low, very low on the list. Christ in heaven. Like, cause like the thing is like the less, you know, the better watch it. It's, it's, it's so great. But anyway, um, that, and then also too, like, I know it's, it's something not look forward to, but I'll mention, I'm sure we've all got into, um, do we all watch the last of us? Amazing. People should watch we that all, as well. Dude, dude. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> last of us. You want to, you want to have your heart ripped out repeatedly. <laughs> like, yeah. Good Lord. And then maybe it may be served as a delicious soup to some people. Right. Mm. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I had a whole question about like, did we finally crack, um, video games like as, uh, as a medium? I'd say yes. Uh, but then, I, I think, I, I think really that like if like, I didn't play that game, but I think it, it did crack it. Yeah. And then we also have, you know, the, Mario Brothers. Yeah, well, too, that movie's so. that movie is like the most candy cotton candy. Like you talk about a popcorn film, that's what that film is. I'd also yeah. argue uh, the Peacock series, Twisted Metal, was a lot of goddamn fun, and people need to watch that. But anyway, I so watch that, yeah. it's so it's much on fun. my list. It's so much fun. <laughs> uh, but my favorite first time watch. Uh, I love that everybody's like mentioning like nineteen seventy five's Hard Times with <laughs> with uh, <laughs> uh, Charles Bronson and Lee Marvin. It is. A really cool goddamn movie. It's dealing with like depression era street fighting. Uh, what? Hold on a second here. Uh, what? Uh, what was it that you came over here and we watched together? I picked it up in Vegas. 
That might be my favorite uh, from uh, Double Target. Uh, the one that I have in my household right now. Is it Double Target that we watched that uh, you bought <laughs> no. me a copy of? Because that's a fun movie, too. Double Target. Yes, yes. that has, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Ator in it. Uh, um, yeah, Miles O'Keefe. Yeah, Nathaniel, I don't know. I know you know Miles O'Keefe. You should watch Double Target if you find it. It's it's That movie is, it is like... It's canon adjacent of how ridiculous it is. It's a fun goddamn movie. And then we also watched uh, Action USA, which was a fun film too that day that we watched together. Yeah. That was a fun film. Um, and then also you showed me, what was it? Um, oh, not Spencer for Hire. That was the name no. of the movie. <laughs> Wanted Dead or Alive. That was a fun movie too with uh, Rucker Hauer and Gene Simmons. That was a fun yeah. movie, yeah. No, but you uh, liked... Well, I- yeah, I, 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 I know it's I, I know it's your guys' podcast, but like, what is the biz, biggest boner killer of a movie this year? The, yeah, please, boner killer, everybody, um, boner killer. Like, what what is the worst film that you watch this year? <laughs> okay. um, I have two uh, off the top of my head. Five Nights at Freddy's can go f itself. <laughs> um, that movie just it goes that. goddamn nowhere. And it's like, the premise is, what if Chuck E. Cheese but eats kids? You're like, okay, it writes itself, right? No. It tries to have, like, this big, like, emotional backstory, and it's just garbage. It's just garbage. It's flat. It's it's just stupid. I was annoyed the entire time. Uh, like cause, But my wife loves that game series, so I was hoping that. And she's like, oh, this and this and this. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I just don't care. Um, and then we ended up watching Willy's Wonderland from a couple years ago with Nick Cage. Um, that's not a perfect movie either, but that's a way more fun film, right? So that one pissed me off. And then also just because I'm an asshole a couple of days ago, uh, we watched uh, Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, uh, which is by the oh. way, here, spoilers, everybody. Did you know that you could rate films on letterbox with zero stars? I didn't know that. And it's like, I always thought you had to give a half star. So congratulations, <laughs> Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank God for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank baby Jesus that Kirk Cameron. Like, how, I just how, yeah. Anyway, yeah. how yeah. about you, Steve? Yes. Uh, uh, how about me? What boner killer films? Like, like where are you at? The, the one that you really like. I had to put it out there. Like, I, I have to give it the like the lowest rating I could. Scooter, oh, Scooter boy. Just, just Steve, Steve. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Uh, All right. Put put like, put, that PG, put that put that PBJ in your mouth. Just do it. It's fine. Just whatever. Uh, kick, uh, I mean, kick Flash, that pick. Flash is a pretty big boner killer. Now now that I'm thinking about it, kick that piss bucket into the corner. Anyway, sorry. What, what, what was it? Well, <laughs> sorry. What were you saying? Has, the Flash has a wonderful performance by Michael Keaton that's hidden in a terrible movie. Like it's it's agreed. Yeah. It's just so yeah. unfortunate that that's his return yes. to the character. Oh, and so sad. Yeah, that's the biggest boner killer for me, definitely. Uh, that, like, that movie had such potential, too. I'm like, oh, my God, there's something happening here. And then, like, Supergirl, too. Well, well Superwoman, I'm sorry. I was like, she's so good, too. No, the I'm actress like, was solid. I thought that she was okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she bad. is actually. Yeah. Oh, my God. like <laughs> yeah. she, like she's like a badass in that film too. Yeah. Uh, Do you know in in that existence in that uh, reality, uh, Back to the Future uh, starred uh, Eric Stoltz? <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I, I found out. From it was that a pretty. Film. It was a pretty key uh, pre 
uh, pretty key plot point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially to no the point reason. that somebody got a tattoo. Like, so great. what you're saying is uh, that the Flash could go back in time and change history, but he didn't go back <laughs> and change Aaron Stoltz. He could have gone back and gotten Grant Gustin. No, he yeah, could have got. You, <laughs> fair enough. He could also went back in time and just made sure Michael J. Fox got that role. It's fine. Yeah, anyway, yeah. No. As much as I don't want to be a negative person, uh, we also have Blue Beetle. So um, I haven't watched that one yet. I, was I haven't watched it yet. I, I I heard it's. I actually read some pretty decent things about it, but not your cup of tea, Terry. <laughs> Dude, he he told me it was I, called. He I, was like more like Boo Beetle. Am I right? Is what he said to me. I didn't think, if I, didn't I don't think that. it's that great, then Nathaniel has some opinions about it. So, because he's like he knows like the storylines and that. Well, no, but oh, you I, you, I, you I equated it to it. like how like the suit had like its own AI and like in terms of like you're like I've seen Spider Man from like you know Homecoming is what you said, and it's like yeah. I can see how DC would be like yeah that was fun, but like but again I don't know like I have not watched it yet. Um, I will. Uh, I'm looking forward more to the, I watched black Adam last year and I was like, yeah, why would I do that to myself? Right. So anyway, um, so yeah, blue, the blue beetle AI thing is, is, uh, has, you know, like 10 years, 10, 15 years worth of precedent at Fair this enough. point yeah. as far as comics are concerned. But yeah, so uh, the, no, I get, I get it. If you were going to be not familiar with the character, it would probably yeah. look a lot like Spider-Man homecoming. I'm sure. So Nathaniel, yeah. you're a boner killer of a film. Uh, I'm sure it was like, you know, um, I have no idea. So where I don't, I mean, normally I don't, um, I, I don't like doing kind of worse stuff stuff, but I, I will say, um, I think probably, uh, I mean, the flash was one of them. Um, I, I, I really wanted to like the flash and it didn't go anywhere. And I was like, okay, this kind of blows. Um, but, uh, I think the other movie that really stood out as not being like any good at all, um, was Exorcist Believer. Um, that's probably the only one I can really think of that I would say, like, yeah, I really just did not like that movie at all. Um, but, I mean, I uh, as um, I think it was, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Scott Derrickson kind of said when it came to worst of lists, he's like, making movies is hard. Like, you know, like, maybe lay off a little mm -hmm. bit on that. Um, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the only one that I would say I, I thought was really bad enough to kind of call out and say, don't go see it would be Exorcist Believer. Fair enough. So, um, so yeah, like I did. So Terry, after you asked Motor Killer, I, I didn't get into my favorite watch of the year. So, uh, thank you for throwing out the boners there before I got to the rest of my answer. I appreciate that. The boners in there lack thereof. Yeah. The week is a boners. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Boner. <laughs> no, but again, but again, everybody, everybody, check out Hard Times from '75 with Chuck Bronson and you know Lee Marvin. It's it's a really cool goddamn movie. It is cool. And then knowing that the fight sequences that are really really solid, that they had to shoot them really quickly because as much as as much as Charles Bronson was like still kind of like this like brick shit house of a man. All his smoking, he didn't have stamina, so he could only like swing for like three seconds at a time. So, but you watch these sequences, it's like I don't want to get punched by Charles Bronson, but it's like also if I could like just weave around for thirty seconds, he needs to sit down for a minute. I think I'd be okay. But um, cool movie. Anyway, uh, 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 Nathaniel mentioned John Wick Chapter Four. Thought that was solid. Um, not my yeah. favorite of the series, but it was great. Um, uh, none of none of those films are bad, right? Like, no, but yeah, no. Um, yeah. 
anyway, um, uh, across the spider verse adored it so much. Um, that, I mean, of course I'm a honk for Spider-Man. Um, but I will say that like the film that I don't know, I just, just, I watched a couple of days ago. Um, and it kind of like, I knew I, I, I kind of expected to like it, but I didn't expect how much I was like cackling while watching it. I'll say Barbie. I ended up, like, to, yeah. so, so like, I guess you guys will appreciate this. It was like Saturday when I watched it and I, and my wife was still asleep and then she got up. I was like, I watched Barbie. She literally got mad at me and didn't talk to me for like an hour because I watched it with That's why I didn't watch it. That's why I didn't watch it. Because because my wife would be mad at you? Is that why? Because your wife would be mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. Because she she said, like, can you take me to go see Barbie? I'm like, well, we'll see what we can do. And she's like. (laughs) And then now it's it's airy. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. so so Terry will never watch Barbie because one uh, has I'm Michael Sarah in it, it has Will Ferrell <laughs> in it. Like, there's wait, Mike, wait, Michael Sarah's in it. Yeah, Michael Sarah yeah. is in is in Barbie. Yes. Yeah, Terry, oh, you're such I'm an Alan. Right. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not watching it with her then. <sighs> it, it, he's not <laughs> a star. He's. he's He's in it for about 10 minutes. Uh, but he also he doesn't people. like Will Ferrell, which I also think that... Like, yeah, that, if like, Will Ferrell was in a soap, then it, it's like, uh, I'm going to burn every copy well, okay. of that find it. Uh, no, but like, he's not in the film like forever. And he, I don't know, like I get it, like he's an acquired taste, but... He has a couple bits. I I just I don't know. Like the, the I I was tickled with this film, and there's so many good one-liners in this film, and they're like and Ryan Gosling. We know he has the chops, but some of the shit that he says is just I'm, I'm hysterical. getting a little bit questionable now about his quote unquote chops. What? Um, yeah. Okay. So, I, so I, what was your what your favorite Ryan Gosling uh, comedic performance? Was Drive? Like, what? Like, where, where are we at with this? What's going on? Like, um, I, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced <laughs> right now that he's a good actor. I'm not. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're the hot take of the year. <laughs> All right, we're done now. So anyway, I just, yeah. <laughs> there, okay, Terry, I'll just say this. And if people have not seen Barbie, there is a specific music cue about Ken's favorite song that had yes. me just, I, I, it was just what it, <laughs> it was amazing. And how it came back yeah. later too. like the callback was fantastic. Like I just I think probably the, the funniest joke in that movie that made me just laugh out loud, probably louder than anybody, any of my staff or anything was, he's like, maybe later I can come over and play the guitar at you. And I just could not <laughs> stop laughing. Um, I was like, because I'm like, and some of them actually didn't get it. I think and they were like, wait, I'm like, Oh, you, know, you got to realize like all these guys I knew in high school, that's like, that was their go-to move. Like you heard about that from all the girls at school. They'd be like, and then he played the guitar, yeah. but he didn't play the guitar for me. He played it at me, and oh. it was. Uh, but yeah, it made me laugh so hard when they were. Like, but but also too, like there's this the weird, there's this weird correlation between what's going on in, in Barbie Land and the real world, and they end up showing like how the toy lines are getting changed because of the actions in Barbie Land. Um, I liked. Like it, it just, it was one of those things. I love that they did the hand waving away of like, don't think about it too hard because it's, it is a ridiculous premise and they handle it like intelligently, right? About the, when they started doing like the shipping out of the different play sets and how that got changed. 
I'm not going to get into how that changed, but I thought that was, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought this film yeah. was a delight. And also like mm-hmm. it has something legitimately to say, right. And just, Agreed. Um, yep. yeah. And it, it's, it's a goddamn delight. And I, who would have thought coming into this year that that'd be the film? I'm like, yeah, that's the one, right? Like same, same. Yeah. Hard yeah. same. I, I was, like I said, I was going to skip it altogether. And then I watched it and went, oh my God, it probably is the best movie of the year. It's, it's absurd, yeah. but it's wonderful. It's a, it's a delight. It is, you're right. It's a goddamn delight. And also Terry, you should also approach it knowing that the bulk of it is shot practically with like real sets and everything. So there is an actual yeah. care that's put into everything. So it's like, I, I, like once you get into the vibe of how like Barbie land works, it's just, it just <laughs> in Simo Liu, right. As another Ken, <laughs> I'm like, I love how him and uh, Ryan Gosling can have a rivalry. It's so, it was like one of those things, I guess it was never really intended in the script, but then they started like shooting the film and they realized like we could mine this for gold because uh, you know, this works. Right. And then also the word beach becomes a verb. I don't know. Like I just, I, I <laughs> all I know is beach. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 I'll it's beat you off right now. To, like, <laughs> it's not that I've been trying to avoid this film for any other reason than I have to watch it with my wife because she's like, mm. I need to see this and you have to watch it with me. I'm like, all right, but all right. Terry, I'm just do saying, it, like, do it. You will not, actually, have, not, you'll have a, a, you will have a good time. The, just, I, I understand yeah. you have your apprehensions like from some, some of the well, actors. Well, well, I get it to, to give layers. I've never even seen the GI Joe films too either. So like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, you don't need to. I'm not like, That's fine. Like uh, outside of the animated weird, film weird. where Duke, Duke may die, but he's just poisoned. He's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not the, like super masculine dude. I'm like, I could watch masculine stuff and I can also watch something that is like, you know, mean girls. Cause mean girls rules. Mean girls is amazing. Uh, so, and um, so I have Blonde, to- Yes. Sorry. I, w- I want to take a step back here real quick. Um, you didn't say why you watched it without your wife. Like, did you not know that she wanted to watch it or is like, Oh, uh, Steve, I'm, I'm an curious. asshole. I'm just that. Uh, uh, but, no, so here, what? here's the deal. I'm an asshole. Number one, number two, uh, like the whole thing is like, like I really like as much. She's like, oh, I told you I wanted to watch it. Um, I don't remember that conversation. So meaning like, Cause like, hi, like, okay, Steve, um, let, let's pull the, let's pull the onion back a couple layers. Um, you and your wife don't always see eye to eye about like what media you want to consume. We know that, right? Sure. We, we, yeah. And Terry, you can say this too, but we, we know this, right? So well, yeah, she there, knows there, that for well. Um, so there's times where it's like, it's hard to gauge if they're interested or not and you never choose right. Right. Like, That's why uh, I, I watch big too. <laughs> without discussing it with her and she's like when i said i watched meg 2 this morning when i woke up she's like oh oh that sounded cool i'm like oh, damn it well yeah what i told now, what now i told I my wife what i told my wife i was like i watched barbie and she's like oh you know i wanted to watch it. i was like well what if i told you i didn't watch it and she's like that's a big feel any better i was like what if i tell you i watched half of it like <laughs> Just trying to find like the middle ground, and then we well, didn't talk for like an hour, and then she sent me like a cat video. So I thought I think we're okay. I don't know. <laughs> like, it was but I will I will say that there are definitely times where like my wife is like, no, 
No, I'm glad you watched that without me. <laughs> no, no, literally, no, literally. There's times where I'm just like, like the, a lot of the Marvel stuff, right? I'm just like, yeah, I went ahead and checked that out. She's like, yeah, I don't have interest in that because I don't know about it. I'm like, you I'm don't. Like, but it's like, so Terry, you could relate to this, and, and Steve, you could probably relate to this too. Where it's like, you don't know about it because you didn't watch it. So how do you know yeah. if you know about it? You know, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to pull a Ken here, right? I'm not trying to have a a mojo dojo casa whatever. Um, whatever. But it's like, there's times where it's like, it's really, really hard to get on the radar and gauge what somebody wants to watch or not. Right. Mm. So I was like, well, I'll go ahead and watch this. Like, cause I, like I wake up earlier, like no matter like if a week, like regardless if it's like a weekend or whatever, my, 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 I just wake up earlier. Right. So I'm just like, I'm going to watch a movie in the morning. Cause I have the, I have the bandwidth for it. I'm like, Oh, Barbie's on here. I'm like, I'll check it out. And also, by the way, you guys will find this entertaining. Um, because we talked about like the convenience of streaming and be able to pause and get up and go use the restroom or whatever. Barbie was the first film in quite a while where I purposely just moved my phone off to the side and didn't, I, I watched it straight through, you know, like I watched it without any pauses, without any eruptions. I'm like, I just enjoyed it. And then when I, I thought mentioning it to my wife would be like, Oh yeah, I watched it. It was a lot of fun. I, I didn't expect like grounds for divorce. (laughs) 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 Um, so anyway, it just, that's what happened. I, I like, I honestly didn't know that she had that much interest in it. Does that make sense? Cause it's like, I felt like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's where, like, Steve, to answer your question, which I know that, um, uh, what was it, Strange New Worlds, you're trying to get your wife interested in? Because yeah. I'm going to guess that, like, it, long enough, a long enough time frame she would be, but it didn't catch her initially, right? We haven't, I still haven't been able to get her to sit down and watch the first episode. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, uh, well, then watch the second season because it's amazing. Yeah, I really should because I've been holding off because it's like, well, like, if she digs the first season and wants to watch the second season, I'll leave that so we can watch it together for the first time. And I probably would be better off just watching it. <laughs> so, Terry, you could relate to that, too, right? Where it's like, well, maybe, you know, like. It's just, it's hard sometimes to understand like what somebody's interested in or what's not like, like, um, like for, for my wife and I, like, um, it took me a little bit to warm up to uh, a Dune, right. And on Apple TV and we watched the first season together. It was great. And then we watched the first episode of the second season and we've not gotten back to it, but whatever reason, that's a musical comedy that I can get behind. With that being said, um, I really liked crazy ex-girlfriend the Rachel Bloom musical series on the CW. I, I couldn't get my wife to watch any of that whatsoever. So uh, who knows who goddamn knows. So, yeah, I, I, I think I could get my wife into that because that, that, that did sound a lot like, like it could be something for the both of us, but for some damn reason, she doesn't like what we do in the shadows. So I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I can't figure out. I, well, I've been holding off on what we're doing in the shadows. Cause that's like the one thing that we can watch together. But like, I, I, I not to get too much in the weeds here, but it's like, like she has like a tolerance for like, we've watched three episodes of a show. It's like, okay, can we watch more? No. And then like, but then like, um, TikToks could happen for seven hours. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm be, you know, just whatever. I don't, anyway, we love our spouses. We support them in all ways. It's a minefield and we're always wrong. 
Yep. Yeah. That's so Steve, works. it's your question. It was Saturday morning. It was 10 in the morning. I'm like, I'll watch Barbie right now because it's one of those things. I'm like, do I play video games? Like, do I vacuum a cat? I'm just going to watch a movie. It's fine. I'll do that. Right. So, I vacuum a cat, you know, like, <laughs> so. or vacuum a cat out of my, my one rug. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, Oh, it's online now. The same thing happened to me the week before when I watched Indiana Jones, the dial of destiny, you get, you know what? Um, my wife didn't give a shit that I watched that surprise. surprise like, I don't know <laughs> who'd have thought like, you know, throw a dart. Right. So anyway, again, so, like I know, and you and I had talked about that recently too. And it's like, why did that one feel so like concurrent to the original like films too? Like, I, I think somebody was there. Like, I mean, Oh my God. Like, the fact that we also had, um, oh my God, uh, Hannibal. <laughs> and, what? Oh, oh, you're Hannibal talking about Hannibal Lecter, is it? Yeah, a, yeah. Um, oh, oh, what was it? The as, one? as soon as I saw he was in that film, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. They're like, <laughs> was it? Um, Did he eat a face or two? Uh, Mickelson, right? Like, um, what was his name? Mads. Um, Mads. I was, well, I was going to say Lars Mickelson. I don't know who that is. He, is he the drummer from Metallica? I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah. I, the first 20 minutes of the Dial of Destiny, like, I still love the whole movie, but it's like that, like, I love, so the, according to reporting that when they did like, like, screenings before the, the film was released Spielberg walked out and told James Mangold. He's like, Oh, I thought I was the only one that could do one of these. James Mangold did a good job of aping, not aping, but paying homage to Spielberg. I thought that I thought it was a wonderful little film, not little, but it's in the end Jones. And if this is the last time we get Harrison Ford as Indy, good with that too. But yeah, yeah anyway, I, I'm, I'm good on that note too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, so, all right. Anyway, uh, I think that's going to do it for a year in review. Um, dear God, it was all over the place, but that was kind of the point, right? So yeah. before we wrap it up here, um, uh, thank you, Terry, Nathaniel, for coming on. We appreciate that so, 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 so much. Um, Anytime. Yeah. I always love coming. And so, uh, Nathaniel, um, I, by the way, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand your release schedule for episodes of your show. Uh, because, uh, I think it was a year and a half ago that you had my, myself and my wife on to talk about the He-Man, She-Ra Christmas special. And then yeah. you released an episode after three that. Days ago. And then you released yeah. that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I funny because we listened to it. It was three days ago. <laughs> I'm kidding. But it's like, but also like you, you talked about violent night after I talked about how much I love that film. I, it was really confusing to me, your release schedule, but, uh, please tell people what is going on? What are you guys doing? And then what, what's your, what's your, um, I know you're circling something else for February, but what's your goals for January? So, like- uh, January, we've got, um, haunted house movies coming up. Um, yeah. and, uh, we are starting with our, and for, for the record, the reason why I released the, uh, holiday special later than violent night was the idea was we were supposed to have two, the special then two, but because of the recording schedule being the way it was, um, we ended up uh, recording the holiday special earlier, but I wanted to release it closer to Christmas. So we ended up dropping a film. Um, and then um, the last of December will be out, I think, on like a Saturday. Um, that's the only reason for it. Was just all I, to, all to I hear it. was blah, blah, blah. I'm kidding. 
Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we got hot houses. We got our uh, our New Year's special coming up. Um, will be the first week of January. Um, or it might even be released before New Year's Eve, actually. But um, that will be our year ender. That's going to be on the Haunting of Bly Manor. Okay. The miniseries. Um, and then we are going to be doing um, what do we got coming up? We got the Changeling. We got the others. We got um, Amityville Horror and uh, House Sue. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. So the, you're talking about the George C. Scott Changeling, right? And then House Sue, you mean like the Japanese House Sue? The, the crazy Japanese haunted house movie, yeah. You, do you guys want any guess on any of those? Episodes? Yeah, I'm letting, I'm letting, no, I'm calling my shot for. Like what are those two? Because Halsu is, um, um, there was a severed head that bites a butt in that film. Um, yes, that is crazy. But also, the mm-hmm. Changeling is probably my favorite ghost film. Um, yeah, so, it's yeah. it's my um, it's, it's one amazing. of my favorites too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we have one for Changeling, but that doesn't necessarily mean you guys can't come too. Uh, uh, but Terry, do, um, do you want to do yeah. Halsu when this get shit gets weird? Do we want to- <laughs> well, I'll watch it, but I'm, I'm calling Amityville. Oh, like, okay. Let's go. You can do that. Yeah. We, I don't think we have a guest picked out for him anymore. Oh. So. All right. We'll figure I, it I out. We'll figure it out. The, you know my yeah. two that, films. That will yeah. be changed my life. Um, if yeah. there was I'll a check dis- with, um, yeah, you know, if there I'll was check a Samuel and get a, a official dates uh, and everything, we'll get going. I just, mm. I just hope, I just, I wish there was a version of the change thing where there was a disembodied George C. Scott head biting an ass in that too. But anyway, but continue. Um, but yeah, the changeling is an amazing yeah. film. How Sue is, it makes no sense. But yeah. I love it so much. Oh, yeah, I love it. I remember I, I saw it. Uh, I've seen it a few times. And, um, yeah, the Blu-ray just showed up today. So I, I might be able to convince my wife one for that as well. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway. And also, there's a girl named Kung Fu, right? So, yeah, on that. So, um, it's weird. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I'm stepping on you promoting your own show. Me calling my shots. No, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's what we got coming up, and then I think uh, February uh, it looks like um, vampire films round two. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, we got a couple of um, we got some fun stuff coming up that we're looking forward to, um, as well as having a more um, concrete schedule. I think that's something we're looking forward to as well. Um, but yeah, we're uh, just uh, at the Devil's Ball. The um, we're a podcast where we talk about horror and genre films in a positive and constructive manner. Uh, which I do with my uh, good friend Sam Ayo, who's also a good friend of you guys, um, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun to do. We um, we've been, you know, kind of flirting with or talking about the idea of possibly trying to expand it, um, maybe doing some sort of Patreon uh, thing. It's a whole thing, but I'm not sure we really want to. Um, but yeah, we, right now we're. We haven't really lost any listeners, but we haven't really picked any up for a long time either. So um, hopefully Sorry. we'll. I'm not snorting because, like, like yes, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. That there's there's five listeners and four of them talking on this episode right now. So yes, sure. I, I re- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tough, but I get it. It is tough. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, we we we're just in it for the for it to have a good time, just like you guys are. So I yeah. mean, it's um, but yeah, it's uh. Yeah, that's what we're up to, and uh, you can find us on any uh, social media platform. Um, but yeah, okay. And Terry, um, who are you, and why are why do we do a show together? And let people know what we do. Well, I am the co-host of uh, Strange Highways with not Paul familiar, Stedman. never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> the the gentleman that uh, is uh, very rambunctious on this podcast right now. Um, 
But yeah, so we we have a great time talking about Twilight Zone and all its iterations. Uh, iterations. Here, how about one yeah. of these? What what about these? <laughs> what about one of those? Let me throw that. Out yeah, there. yeah, yeah. All the different versions. Um, so like we've talked about it in the the original um, interpretations and that. Uh, we also talk about like the '80s version. Of, like we're still in the '80s iteration of it at this point. It, it's a lot of fun, but sometimes it is a struggle. Yeah, but, we're, yeah. we're roughly halfway through the original. Sorry, the '80s iteration. It's been uh, to quote James Cameron, "40 miles of uh, bad road." Yeah, but there's been some. Yeah. there's been some amazing episodes, but like it's been, huh, rough, rough stuff. Yes. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's still fun because you know we are your, we are your hosts. So, please uh, visit us over there at Strange Highways. Um, we're doing things on Facebook. We're still doing things on uh, Instagram. So it's the Instagram stuff is uh, that's that's a problem too. So cause <laughs> we're, we're tired. It's the holidays and ugh, but. Yeah. We're, we're old and tired and it's hard to like click a button each day to post a thing. I get it. So. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we recently, uh, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. We recently found, um, because, uh, uh the El Goro from talk without rhythm podcast that, um, was supposed to be on the show, but he, uh, could not make it on. And I hope he does feel better. Uh, by the way, he just, can we all just acknowledge how daunting it is that he only takes like a week and a half off each year from producing content. It's one of those things. He doesn't work, man. He is like, he is a work beast. Yeah. It's frustrating how, how it's intimidating, but, uh, but yeah, he couldn't make it on tonight, but, um, yeah, uh, he found a, um, a film that, I, I'm sure that we, we we did talk about this on our episode that I, I'm sure I was aware of, but it was from 64. It was made for TV film called A Carol, Carol for Another Christmas that was written by Rod Serling um, that was made for TV movie that aired without commercials for like 90 minutes. And it is the darkest uh, Christmas Carol take. Uh, like, um, I, so Nathaniel and Steve, if I told you, you know what? You know what the Christmas Carol needs? Hiroshima. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, that's what we got. The the ultimate uh, Christmas decoration, Hiroshima. Uh, So, yeah, uh, it was a rough ride. Gathered around a Christmas tree. Tell them about that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it was some rough business anyway. And then we we got into some uh, uh, disturbing information about Peter Sellers, who was on the episode and about like it's it's a whole thing. Go check out Strange Highways. Um, Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. It was a thing. But yeah, thank you, Terry, for uh, coming along and being a co-pilot there. I appreciate that. And Steve, um, like I, I know we do this show, but how can people find you and support you and the things that you do? Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. Uh, I am still on Twitter or as Elon would want us to call it, X. Um, and I always do what he wants. So. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> it's like it's either twitter or uh racist.com i don't know yeah. yeah um anyways uh we're on there uh if you want to buy a copy of our comic you can go to uh etsy and our store name is the art of the slash 
All right. So, and everybody can find us. By the way, um, here, spoilers. Uh, so, Steve, did you know that I let our domain uh, fall away? Because GoDaddy told me that I didn't buy the domain invasionofthepodcast.com. Uh, I don't know. If I've not updated the, the blog in like three years, do I need that domain name? Probably not. But anyway, we Probably have... Probably not. <laughs> invasionofthepodcast.blogspot.com. Uh, I think it's available. All of our writings are, are still available up there. Um, it was just a redirect. I was paying money for a redirect. So whatever. Anyway, uh, wherever you find our podcast, rate and reviews would be greatly appreciated. If you enjoy the show and you enjoy all of the other people on here, go support their things and support us. The more the merrier. We'd appreciate that. So, that's going to do us for this month, this year. Um, wait, next wait, year. What sorry. about Nathaniel? Well, here I talked about at the Devil's Ball. Did I? Did, I think did we, he? Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Terry. I'm, I'm sorry. Terry, get your you shit together. You should talk about it more because you your, have a great podcast. Get your shit together, Terry. <laughs> oh, sorry. You have these blackouts sometimes, Terry. Uh, <laughs> oh. All, all I keep on looking at is my podcast. Yeah, I'm right. So, no. So, I next month, um, Steve, I don't know if we want to get into, I know you uh, had inklings of like maybe talking about mystery men, the film, which I would get into in a heartbeat. Uh, or if you want to get into the comics, I'd also challenge us to get into Camelot 3000. I don't know. Like, I don't know where you think about that. So we'll talk about January. We'll get there when we get there. Um, we, ha- we we'll get it. We'll figure out what we're doing next. We don't know. Right. So anybody in the meantime, which if people have not read Camelot 3000, that is, that's, an interesting DC uh, limited series. I don't know if people know what I'm talking about or not. Whatever. Anyway, um, I, yeah, Steve, go ahead. What? No, I, I, I it's Brian Bullenard. I know, I know the book. I haven't actually read it, but I'm familiar with it. And uh, yes, if uh, that's what you want to do next, well, no, because uh, I know you. Like, I think that you did. Like we do, we do dig comics, and I think that maybe yeah. it's 12 issues. It's, I mean, it is. It is a full year of comics that came out, but I think we can burn through 12 issues and talk about it. You know, um, yeah. I know as much as you get mad at me talking about like how the like, reading and how fast we can get through reading things, um, whatever. Anyway, um, either here or there, everybody have a good holiday, have a good new year. Uh, you know, the, the, the 2020s have been kind of like garbage. Right. And we could all agree on that. Right. It's all been kind of bullshit, but yeah. Just have a good holiday. Hold hold close those that you care about, like and care about them, and and, and be kind to people. And I don't know, um, uh, Terry, watch Barbie. That's what I gotta say. Well, I'll I'll, I'll try, but I'll also try to remember. Like people already said things. <laughs> Christmas letters, so many wishes. Lucy wants a squeezy dog. Jimmy wants a moon rocket. Oh, this list's rather long.
Sweet, that 